Super COVID. It's here, everybody. The mutant strain. They're literally calling it super COVID. It's in California. It's in Colorado. And due to the overwhelming surge sweeping through the hospitals in California, they're announcing the lockdown is now indefinite. It's not just a lockdown. It's a stay at home order. People have already started losing it. A group of about 50 maskless people stormed into a store furious. And so it seems like COVID is not going anywhere. You know, I know Trump said one day it'll go away. A lot of Republicans were speculating, oh, as soon as, you know, Joe Biden wins, then they're going to claim it's gone. Why would they? I mean, first of all, there's actually a virus called COVID and, you know, people get sick and they die from it. But more importantly, the emergencies empower those, you know, it gives power to the authorities. Declaring an emergency is the easiest way to oppress, suppress and and stay in power. So even if it was this, like, even, even if, you know, many people were saying that it was going to go away, even if that were true, that's that kind of ridiculous because people don't want to give up power. I think the reality is, though, there's a there, you know, there's a, a very serious virus. We got to take it seriously. But whether or not it makes sense to shut everything down, have the economy be totally destroyed and cause this mass suffering, I don't believe that actually makes sense. We, we're trying to slow the spread. We did it as best as we could, but now more and more people are getting sick. And it's because we've always known, they told us, the World Health Organization, various organizations said, we can't stop people from getting sick. We can only slow the spread. Yet now here we are, California saying indefinite lockdown. This was, we were told by, by the World Health Organization this could be avoided. Apparently it can't be. Or apparently people just, you know, it's convenient for people like Newsom to say, you know, you guys stay home so I don't got to deal with it and then I'll go out and party. And that's the problem. If there really was a very serious issue, uh, assuming there, you know, look, there's a pandemic. It's a very serious issue. The, the problem we have is our leaders, like uh, I, sh- I say our leaders, but, you know, certain individuals in office like Cuomo and like Whitmer, like Newsom, they violate COVID lockdown. So why should anyone take them seriously? Why is it that these elites, these political elites are not scared at all, break their own rules? Even Dr. Burks herself from the COVID task force breaking the rules. So we're going to talk a lot about this, and we've got uh, probably one of the best people to talk to about it, Peak, uh, Peak Prosperity. You want to you introduce yourself more formally, I suppose? Uh, sure. I'm Chris Martinson, Dr. Chris Martinson. I got a PhD in pathology, and uh, I've been covering COVID nonstop since I first figured it out. January 23rd was my first video launch of that, and um, I've been uh, just diving into the science behind it a lot. Now, and Peak Prosperity is your YouTube channel. It is, and it's also my website. And and there, there we normally talk about where we're going in the economy. We, you know, for years, for a decade, I've been talking about the Federal Reserve. I've been talking about uh, monetary printing. I've been talking about oil resources, all kinds of stuff, right? But then COVID comes along. I'm like, uh-oh, you know, this is going to be a bit of a game changer. So I dusted off the old science credentials and dove in. And it, what a journey it's been. I'm not at all where I started in this story. It's interesting, too. Uh, just before before the show, a couple, couple times, you, you were mentioning that we are running out of resources. Mm-hmm. So there's there's serious consideration for what happens to us if we do. Does that imply that there's a net be- uh, at least some kind of benefit to a lo- lockdown? You could look at it that way and and I I see this pattern happening, right? So climate change comes along and and the story behind climate change is hey, there's this existential threat and it's so bad that what we really need to do is stop consuming, you know, we have to stop burning carbon. You hear these crazy plans like, "Oh, we'll decarbonize 50% by 2030," right? If you did that, the next question you should ask those people who say that is, which half of the people are going to die and which 70% of the jobs are going to go away? That's the question I had for Greta Thunberg. Not literally. I mean, she's just a kid. She doesn't understand. When, when she said, we want to stop 
the, the, you know, the oil uh, next year. She's like, we don't want to wait till 2050, 2030. We mean next year, 2021 or whatever. I'm like, well, I think the actual calculations from like the World Health Organization is millions would die instantly. So we're going to talk about all this. Chris, great to have you. Luke's also hanging out. Welcome back. Beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Luke Radowski of the YouTube channel. We are change. I am super excited about the conversation today. I think it's going to be a very important one. And Tim, it's not just California going under a full lockdown. It's also the United Kingdom that is now expanding its lockdown. And according to some government sources, there are warning that there is a high chance of a full national lockdown in the new year so that's also breaking news bro. happening right now that i just saw in the united kingdom bro this reminds me of kingsman i mentioned this before but you ever, you ever see that movie kingsman mm -hmm. the bad guy samuel jackson is like climate change is destroying the planet so we need all the people to go and like fight each other to the death so that the yeah. planet survives like when you say that we're running out of resources then you have these massive lockdowns. I'm like, dude, they're already warning us that in the UK there's going to be food shortages. Mm -hmm. It's going to get crazy. All right, well, well, we'll save it. We'll save. It. We'll talk about stuff. Ian, he's chilling. He's got he's got a special Just spinning me, object. Me and my gorilla and uh, this primal youth that Tim got me for Christmas. It's uh, Doctor Doc, Jones. Doctor Jones, primal <laughs> youth. Give it a spin. So we actually are getting some shirts made that says "I am a gorilla" oh, because so people keep posting gorilla emojis like nonstop in the chat, and they keep saying "I am a gorilla," and so I guess. Uh, Gorillaism, the show mascot for some reason, yes. at least for now, I guess. Sounds like you said gorillaism. Gorillaism. Gorilla is. Show mascot. Yeah. Lydia is also producing. She's pushing I all the am. buttons. Yeah, I'm pushing buttons over here in the corner. Well, let's talk about uh, all this stuff. Let's talk about what's going on. Uh, if you haven't already, smash that like button. Get the notification bell. Subscribe. We are live every Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify. Leave us a good review. It really does help. But, uh, so you, you, Luke, Luke, you mentioned uh, the UK, but let's let's pull up this story from Fox KTVU real quick. Coronavirus surge swamping hospitals prompts indefinite California lockdown. All right, they're gonna they're gonna have to get specific on that. What, you, what do you mean indefinite? You mean people are stuck in their homes forever? They say California's most densely populated area continues to set new death and hospitalization records and will remain under strict stay home orders for the foreseeable future. As another hospital filing coronavirus, uh, hospital filling coronavirus surge looms in mere weeks, public health officials said L.A. County, which has recorded 40 percent of all COVID-19 deaths in the state, reported another 227 new deaths on Tuesday. Although the new daily record included reporting from holiday backlogs, the country's public health department also confirmed its highest number of hospitalizations reported in a day at more than 7000 people, a nearly 1000 percent increase from two months ago. California's top health official, Dr. Mark Galley, announced Tuesday an extension of the December 6th lockdown restrictions for the county and 22 others in Southern California and the agricultural San Joaquin Valley. The regions have about 60 percent of the state's population of 40 million and also have seen COVID-19 surges since Thanksgiving since the Thanksgiving holiday have, that have left hospitals struggling to find beds for emergency room and intensive care unit patients. Some hospitals have set up tents to hold ER patients, and one converted a disused cafeteria to handle patients. So they're saying indefinite lockdown. All right, the first thing is the constitutional question. How do you do that? That clearly violates our rights as American citizens. If people choose to go and assemble somewhere, they have a right to do so. The Constitution doesn't say unless there's an emergency. By what authority do they have to override that? But then the other, here's, here's the other side of that coin. I mean, they're giving us some crazy numbers. We got super COVID now. 
Gavin Newsom is saying we got the mutated COVID mm-hmm. strain. Shouldn't we be scared of these things? Well, we've been hearing about mutant strains for a while now. First, we heard it in the United Kingdom. Then we heard about it in South Africa. Then we heard about it in Nigeria. But also in April of this year, we heard about 30 other different strains of the coronavirus that that, that happens. I think they're in, in Los Angeles, personally, facetiously speaking, I, I think they're just trying to make sure people don't escape before they all get taxed to death. And I think that's one of the well, no, no, but, but they, they're, they're trying to pass that law. Where, where people get taxed even if they leave the state for, yeah, for, you, for a certain years amount of later. years. Yeah, that you're still going to have to – because, again, they, they've spent all their money and they're in a huge deficit. But I think it's it's pretty clear now. Uh, I think – I don't know if you would agree with me, Chris, that these lockdowns are kind of counterintuitive. Well, they're they're clubbish and, and ham-fisted, right? So – Here's what we've known for a long time. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm not averse to the idea. You say we don't want to swamp our hospital systems. That's not good, right? You, motorcycle victims don't get the treatment they need. Cancer patients can't go in for treatment. I get that. And, and, and real quick, you're a doc. You're, you're a doc. You have a PhD. In, in, yes, in a medical. I went to Duke University and got a degree in pathology. So Okay. All right. Well, tell us, tell us what's going on. You're yeah, the expert. Man. Well, if you're going to do a lockdown, first up, here's what we know. If I was going to draw a chart for you, I would say, you'd say, okay, who gets hit by this? Who dies? you have an exponentially increasing risk of death by age. So if you were going to do a lockdown, you'd say, we're going to lock down the old people, right? Not the young people. The, the chance of dying from this if you're under the age of 30 is minuscule, really, really tiny. So I think something, a lockdown is everybody. Why is it everybody? You would think that somewhere along the way, you could say, well, let's be clever about this. Let's take the people with comorbidities. Let's take the people who are immunocompromised. Let's take the elderly. And let's keep them safe, right? That would be part one. If you just on the subject of lockdowns, which isn't even getting me on the idea that we still to this day, the NIH has zero outpatient treatments identified. They just say, go home. And if you feel worse, come back. And if it's bad enough, we'll put you in the hospital. That is literally, as of this morning, what was on the NIH website. There's actually a good friend of mine uh, got sick recently. I was talking to him on the phone and they told me that they went to the doctor. The doctor told them they had COVID and just go home and deal with it. Yep. And they were like, uh, I don't think I have COVID. Like, you know, they thought they had strep throat, something, you know, they've had before and they needed antibiotics for. But the doctor said, no, no, we're going to treat it as COVID. Just go home. And if you get worse, then, you know, call back. And that was it. That's it. That's standard of care right now. And, it, and it's criminal as far as I'm concerned, because there are things that people can do. So for quick example, we've known since March, vitamin D, it's really more of a hormone, but vitamin D, the stuff you get if you go out into the sun, right, which is hard to do in a lockdown when you're all stuck inside, right? But that stuff alone, we've had a Spanish study which showed that of people who were in critical condition, they measured their blood levels and they said, how much vitamin D do they have? So they discovered that people with lower than 17 nanograms per mil of vitamin D in their blood were 80% of their critical COVID patients. Oh, wow. Nobody with vitamin D above 21 nanograms per mil was even showing up in their critical ICU. So they said, wow, let's do a study. And they started giving this to people when they showed up at the hospital and they cut deaths and they cut hospitalizations well, just vitamin d and i, and I want to make one thing absolutely clear this is we're not here to give anybody medical advice you know talk to your doctor because you, you're going to hear a lot of things from a lot of people in a lot of different places we've we, we've got serious criticism of dr fauci now because mm-hmm. he's changed his numbers on uh, on a herd immunity mm-hmm. he was the one who initially said you know don't wear masks yep. so look I'm, I'm 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 here to say this i don't care if you're left right up down whatever it's your doctor who knows what's best for you so take that seriously yep. and we'll give our opinions yeah and do your own research right, do right. your own homework i mean i personally decided to take vitamin d myself but i know there's a chance of taking too much of it as well exactly and i know that you should also get your blood tested to make sure that your levels are normal 
and not either too low or too high. Because this is, if you, even if it's too high, it could be dangerous for you. And, and, and one, of the, one of the big issues I think we see that it sort of exacerbates a lot of censorship is that people will go online and they'll learn about something, maybe even like vitamin D, and then they might make, take too much. That's why you got to talk to your doctor. Your doctor is going to know better than we will about you. So, but anyway, I digress. Well, well, even Dr. Fauci admitted finally that he's taking vitamin D on his own, right? And he, but he said that to Jennifer Garner. So he might have been a little starstruck. He was on her blog, <laughs> log, right? And yeah. she said, "What are you taking?" He said, "Well, I'm taking vitamin D." You know. And so here's the, you know, the peop, the person that people are nominally looking to the most, right? Yeah. What is the downside for somebody like that to say, "Here's what I'm doing. You might consider it too, but talk to your doctor." Yeah. And well, I, I, I got, I want to make sure I pull this up. Dr. Fauci from CNBC.com is recommending vitamin D. So there you go. Yeah, he could have done that in March. <laughs> he yeah. could have done that it. That would have been was, nice. This was September. <laughs> you know, the scary thing is there hasn't been a conversation about health. There hasn't been a conversation about vitamins, about diets, about Holistic. exercise, about sleep, about stress, about exercise. No, None, whoa, whoa, There hasn't whoa, been whoa, real whoa. conversations Luke. about things that actually matter that will have a huge, tremendous effect on what we're dealing with right now. That's fat shaming? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and ableist. I made a video about the fatties uh, today. Oh, Not gosh. people are going to like that, but I think it's important to bring up the reality of the situation so people understand what they're getting themselves into. It's a comorbidity. Into. Yes, obesity and, and, was a big factor, in, mm -hmm. in and obesity people, yeah. is dramatically going up in the United States. Some would say as a byproduct of the industry buying off the government and, of course, implementing a lot of policies that have been very hurtful. And it's kind of strange that now a government that absolutely what, what had what industry though. I mean, I mean, we're talking about industries like Monsanto and the fast food industry and the sugar industry. When you look at their impact on the market, when you look at their impact on human life, you see a huge, I would say, in my opinion, a detrimental impact that should be addressed, should be, should be, uh, uh, they should be held accountable for. But the larger point that I was trying to kind of point to and, and make here is, is that we're kind of left in the dark. And, and we don't know what to do because when you even talk about this stuff, you risk getting censored and banned, yep. which is absolutely ridiculous. And you know why? The way the, 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 the censorship works, it's not like there's a doctor at YouTube who's got like a checklist of the appropriate response CDC guidelines going like, what did he talk about? He talked about, that's okay. We approve of that. We approve of that. No, it's like some 20-year-old dude going like, he's talking about medicine. Like, he's not a doctor. I'm going to ban this. Even thing. when you but, are but a doctor. Even doctors are getting banned. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you get hit or something like that? I did. I, I got a YouTube strike. And, um, <laughs> and you're, you, you're not a medical. Are you a medical doctor? No, you're not. No. But you have a, do but you have a doctorate in pathology. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm eminently qualified to read reports and, and analyze them. But in this case, all I was doing, there was a Senate testimony of a board certified doctor who's in critical care, Dr. Corey. And he was giving Senate testimony. Basically, the, the, the headline of it is, I can't keep doing this anymore. Those are his words. And he, what, he would, what he meant was he couldn't watch people come into his critical care pulmonary center and die because he knew they didn't have to because he'd seen all this data, all this data coming in from all over the world saying there are things we can do. And that was his testimony. So I thought, well, let me review that for people. And I, that's all I did. I, I reviewed a board-certified doctor's testimony, but that was I, deemed medical disinformation. I think there's a the, – if, if I were to take like a simple – uh, like if I was to assume the simple reason as to why YouTube is so incred in incredibly censorious is that they're scared of the media because when this all started, when the wall street journal smeared PewDiePie, then all of a sudden their advertisers just dropped off and YouTube already is burning a hole in the pocket of Google losing money. So they're just like, whatever the media says we'll do. And so you get activists in media 
who will find any reason to accuse you of wrongdoing. And they, they've even removed, uh, Rand Paul was giving a speech on the Senate floor on C-SPAN. YouTube deleted it. YouTube took the video down because, oh no, we can't have that. They're, they're more worried about the negative public perception from media companies than allowing people to have this conversation, to hear this testimony. Was it doc, Dr. Corey, is that his name was? Yeah, uh, Dr. Corey. Pierre he was, Corey. He was testifying to Congress. Is it? Mm-hmm. And you, that, that's, that's not, not, that's not, that's not allowed anymore, I guess. So we, we, we're, we're, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's like, I don't know if you guys ever seen one of those cartoons where they're, they're on a mountainside, like driving on a road along a cliff and then the car's like turning and the wheels are on the edge. That's what, that's what we're kind of getting, getting into here, but you know, hey, whatever, so be it. Well, you saw Rand Paul's dad, Ron Paul, got a ding. He got a YouTube strike. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, uh, uh, Ron Paul's son, Rand Paul. Ron Paul's the original. I know. Ron yeah, Paul, the original. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, yes. The original, Paul, the original. For COVID? Talking about COVID? He, he, he covered a Trump rally, and he also got dinged with medical disinformation as the ding. He's literally a doctor. He's a doctor. Yeah, I know. He was yeah. an OBGYN, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What? And it, it's, it's crazy, man. Breitbart filmed. This is amazing. Breitbart was rated, was certified as uh, credible. By NewsGuard, which is like a Microsoft-funded, you know, uh, news cr- uh, credibility rating system. But then they filmed a press conference put on by a Republican representative and some doctors, and that was deemed enough to strike them down as not credible. They didn't even say anything. They just filmed other people talking at the Capitol with a politician. But but this is this is the bigger problem here that we really need to realize. The official line that they're going with keeps flip-flopping every week. Whether it's the World Health Organization or the CDC, they literally contradict themselves so many times and haven't come out with any concrete, legitimate information that has been consistent. I don't know about you, but I have a very hard time thinking that a government that never gave a damn about my health somehow now is it's their number one priority. I think there's a lot of room to I be don't... skeptical here. But again, there's no consistency here. We don't know what the well, official look, look, line look. is because it keeps changing. I don't think the government cares about anything. I, I think there's one thing collectively that's on the minds of politicians and bureaucrats. It's what will I do that's over the line that results in torches and pitchforks? That's the thing, right? That's the like, it's are the people going to protest and rabble because protests mostly, I'll tell you this, nonviolence of disobedience works, but I don't think they care anymore because the way I described it, uh, you know, earlier this year, you're only allowed to say bad things. There's no conversation where we can be like, hey, we have good news. A doctor said these things. It's positive. It's, it's upbeat. It's, it's a light at the end of the tunnel. They ban you for it. They ban you for it. You talk about this country brought up these treatments. Oh, Trump is crazy. He, he's wrong. He's lying. I would say, I could say something like, uh, you know, TechCrunch reported that ZPAC, you know, uh, hydroxychloroquine was showing promising results in a French study. And then a, a smear piece comes out claiming, you know, using a, using twisted wor- uh, framing. Tim Pool claims that studies prove blah, 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 but that's not true. Even though it's like, you know, they'll, they'll try and make sure you can't say anything positive. So what ends up happening is all the news that comes out is super COVID is here. Hospitals are overrun. Everyone's, you know, sick and dying. It's getting worse. It's worse. It's worse. It's worse. And so then everyone just keeps getting more and more scared. And that results in the snowball rolling down the hill of the story only going crazier and crazier. Because imagine this. Right now, what we know is there are many hospitals that are being overrun. Mm-hmm. We see the photos and the videos of the nurses there and they're like their faces and they're like the marks on their face from the PPE and they're tired and they're beat and their hair's all messed up. Most hospitals, it's my understanding, are actually okay. There's tons of videos of hospitals that have not been you know, overrun. And that's because hotspots are centralized in certain areas. 
But we're not getting video after video after video of hospitals that are okay. We're getting video after video after video of hospitals that are doing worse. And then we're getting videos of nurses dancing. I guess that's kind of the positive, I, I suppose. Glad they have time for that. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it, the, the main point I'm trying to make is if the only thing you ever hear and are allowed to hear is that things are getting worse, you'll, you, you, you don't actually know. Like there's no balance to this conversation. Are we go? Is there is there a, a chance for optimism? Can't tell you that because we'll be censored if we do. That's where we're at. Yeah, and as a scientist, this actually bothers me a lot. This whole idea that there is a central body that that there's an agreed upon set of facts that we know. We don't know crap about this at this point in time, right? So here, what we know, it's a novel corona. Can I even say this? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Can, I can I can say you that can word? Say vaccine, novel you coronavirus. Can say coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Novel say coronavirus. I can do you that. Can say that. Yes. Oh, I mean, look, look, look. Like, if well, we get banned, whatever. So, so it's novel, which means we have to try some things, right? And the whole thing about the Dr. Corey and his testimony, he said, look, we don't need the latest whiz-bang stuff out of pharma. That would be great. But we have 100 years of medical and medicine development, and we have things that work. And by the way, we try things all the time off-label. We try things in, for other things, and they work all the time. In fact, we do all sorts of off-label stuff already with kids. You give them, like, you know, SSRIs and all that stuff. That's off-label, right? Don't, don't, aren't there, like, medications that have a side effect of weight loss that they prescribe to people to lose weight? Like, is mm-hmm. there stuff like that, too? That's off-label, right? Yeah, and, and, and everything has a side effect. You know, everything. Water. Take too much. You have a side effect. So, but I would just think that at some point, this whole idea, we can't have that positive news. Isn't the nation just, like, ready for some of that relief? Wouldn't they be just, wouldn't everybody just be kicking their heels up if we said, we can, there's something that some doctors are saying is really effective. And by the way, there's a lot of them that's better than go home and come back to the hospital if you feel worse. If it yeah. leads, it leads. So Lady just pulled this up. This is from Fortune.com. U.S. news coverage of COVID has been more negative than in other countries researchers find. Hmm, that's so, and, that, and that's a fact. Like you mentioned, you got, you, you t- you got a, a strike mm-hmm. right, on YouTube and, and uh, Ron Paul did as well. And you are a, a PhD in a pathologist and Rand Paul is literally a doctor. Well, I should say he's retired. But uh, man, how crazy is that? So I started reporting again, January 23rd. Within a couple of weeks, maybe a week and a half or so, my wiki page, which had been up for over a decade, got yanked, got taken down. And the complaint was that I was talking about things that was that were out of my wheelhouse, that I had no authority, that, in fact, I wasn't a practicing scientist and all this stuff. Now, I'm a published scientist, and, and it's true. I've been doing other things besides, you know, conducting science for a while. But that doesn't invalidate the training or the degree yeah. or what I know, right? Have, have they have, have uh, the, the papers that you've gotten published in scientific journals been invalidated or... Nope. Nope. So nope. There, it's all it's all currently standing science. It is. Yes. Well, it this was, happens in many different instances in many different kind of areas. For me personally, they got me because I didn't believe in the Russian collusion after Donald Trump's victory when he first won the presidency. And they delisted me. They depersoned me on Wikipedia and said that this is a person that shouldn't even be mentioned or referenced no matter what he does, no matter what news he breaks. They're trying so hard. Just yeah. to, to give us stuff. I'll tell you, they, there's been uh, a lot of attempts at somehow finding a way to smear me because i'm so i'm i'm, I'm as a as, i'm like i'm honest, fairly boring you know tepid commentary for the most part but uh there was an article i read from fox business about seth rich and then there was a statement from kin.com mm-hmm. they claimed that by talking about it and arguing that it wasn't definitive i was pushing a conspiracy theory and then nbc writes that and airs on tv i'm a conspiracy theorist and then all of a sudden, a bunch of other outlets just repeat it without any basis, any fact checking, any sourcing at all, even though I'm the one who's constantly raining on all these pra- on all the parades of these people saying it's probably not true. Occam's razor, simple solution. And I don't believe in any of this stuff. doesn't matter. 
They need to find a way to discredit you and take you down. And I'm surprised they, that right deleted your Wikipedia page. That's that's bold. But that's one way to do it mm-hmm. because no one's. I think one of the issues is who's going to write negative things about you and what's their grounds to do it. Right? You're a, you're a published scientist giving your thoughts and opinions. Quick, get rid of them because if they can't smear you and find a way to do it, they have to just get rid of you. Right. Right. So I wasn't big enough to to not be gotten rid of. Right. You have to be big enough so that they, it makes too much of a stinks. You know. So I think. Already by early February, this means that there was a, a very serious attempt at message control. And my view was, the, remember at the time, like New York Times, Washington Post are all saying, oh, it's just the flu. It's no worse than the flu. And I was like, no, this is totally different. Here's some of the, the virology behind it. This thing has got a lot of keys into the human locks. And it's a little bizarre. And I was saying, we need to take this really seriously. And at the time, I was totally in conflict with the WHO because they were saying, well, we shouldn't shut down travel. And that's, I was just reading their own pandemic handbook. That's what I was sourcing from. And I was saying, no, that's actually step one. You, you stop travel. Of course you do. Even George Washington, when he was facing a huge outbreak of smallpox, first thing he did was he stopped people traveling to and from his army. Did, right? it, didn't he so write letters thing. telling people to get vaccinated too? They, uh, like, they had some like that, that little stick thing that they could yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was yep. like a letter going around where George Washington was apparently like, get the smallpox vaccine. That, that was my first moment. I'm a scientist. I'm trying to share data. I think this is interesting. It could help people get prepared. You know, I was telling people to get PPE, N95 masks way before they got sold out, all that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm confused. I'm like, how is the WHO getting like its own handbook for this wrong? And then my Wikipedia page gets taken down. And then I've just run my, my YouTube subscriber count was just skyrocketing and it leveled off yep. the day I, I mentioned hydroxychloroquine has been literally plus or minus 1000 for eight months. Wow. It's just, it's just flat. That's at 365,000. That's, that's, that's the, just the flat. It works, man. Yep. Well, we also have to remember during that specific time, it wasn't just the world health organization going against their own guidelines. It was also many politicians in the mainstream media saying it's xenophobic to stop travel, yes. that it's remember racist that? to stop travel. This is, look, and then politicians told you to go to the Chinese day parade and to go celebrate to show that everyone's not racist. Come on down to Chinatown. Yeah. Don't be racist. Yeah. So, so here, here's where yeah. this all leads us to, because, you know, I don't want to we, we, we talk a lot about the hypocrisy and stuff. It leads to people finally having enough. We got the stories from the Daily Mail. 50 maskless anti-lockdown protesters force their way into L.A. supermarket after California extends regional stay-at-home order indefinitely amid 1,000% spike in hospitalizations. They say police responded to calls about an unruly crowd at the Erewhon Market in L.A.'s Fairfax district on Tuesday afternoon. Dozens of maskless people were filmed shoving their way into the store. The protesters berated staffers demanding that they cover their faces. <laughs> what? We just want to shop. We want to take our own precautions that we've been doing all our lives, and we'll all be fine, an organizer of the demonstration said. The incident came as Governor Gavin Newsom extended stay-at-home order in the Southern California region. L.A. County has become one of the nation's worst hotspots, hotspots in recent weeks. Hospitalizations in the, in the uh, county have grown tenfold in the last two months. So check out this photo. I mean, you guys can't see it, but uh, for those that are, that are watching, you can. It says a crowd of about 50 maskless anti-lockdown protesters shoving their way into a store. You got a lot of people, man. I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't know if you remember seeing the videos from earlier in the year of the stores being stripped clean. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, toilet paper was the first to go. I think my favorite video was when everyone runs full speed and they're wrestling over toilet paper. It's so weird, man. Like, if you're worried, I guess they weren't worried about the pandemic. They're just worried about wiping their butts for, for real. All right. You know what? I, I'd run for the food and the bottled water. Like, if I, if I, if everyone runs, breaks with the toilet paper, I'm going to, I'm going to go get some produce and some canned goods. I don't know. But anyway, I digress. The other day we heard a lady beat a cop with her own baton because she was told to wear a mask. 
A Navy vet bashed a guy to bar over the head with a bottle for being told to wear a mask. Now you've got these people storming their way into a supermarket saying, we want to shop. So what happens when people start running out of food? Because it's going to happen. I mean, people aren't working. California is making the lockdown crazier. You combine that with the hypocrisy. You combine that with people who who earlier in the year were saying one thing and doing another, and now they've flipped 180. And if you repeat the same thing the Surgeon General said earlier this year about masks, or Fauci did, oh, they'll nuke you. They'll, they'll, They'll get rid of your account. They'll get rid of your channel. If you say it's xenophobic to ban travel, oh, you're gone. But they said all of that. When they decide it, when, when, and, and it's not even Republicans, it's, it's mostly Democrats. When they decide to say it, it's fine, no matter what it is they say. That's where we're at right now. People can see that, you know, you've got, uh, uh, Murphy in New Jersey went out to eat and got, got, got harassed by, or you got berated by some people. You've got Whitmer went to get her hair cut, uh, you know, Lori, uh, Lori Lightfoot. You've got Nancy Pelosi. You've got Newsom violating COVID lockdowns. I wonder these people, their loved ones are dying. They can't go out and they can't see them. They can't be in the hospital with them. Their children are being born, can't be in the hospital with them either. I've seen tons of comments from people saying, you know, my parent or, you know, grandparent has been in the hospital with cancer or some illness and it's been weeks and they're deteriorating. No one can see them or visit them. And then what do we get? The politicians are breaking their own rules. Dr. Burks on the, the task force violates COVID restrictions that she's, the advice she's given, goes, visits her family, takes photos. And then insult to injury. The nurses get on, on camera and choreograph dances and shuffle about. In a place where people are dying in mass. Eventually, I think the people are going to kick the doors into these supermarkets just start taking stuff. And it's probably going to get crazier than that. People are going to start just, this law is going to start breaking down. Yeah, I mean, it already is. Well, there's a, a when I'm talking with somebody and, and we're sharing opinions, people can get you know passionate about it, but still you're just met with it. An opinion doesn't really go off the rails when you're talking about it. But when somebody's beliefs are challenged, emotions flare up. So I think yeah. what's actually happening is these people are finally discovering that, you know, we held a belief that we're a country, we're a country of people, we're decent, we're hardworking. We have this American dream story, right? And that our, our leaders are really there for us, you know, in some way, I guess, went deep down. But, but this is COVID has stripped something bare, which is that our leaders don't care at all about us. And probably the most shocking, grotesque display, and there have been many, has to be this most recent stimulus bill, Right. $600 for everybody earning 75 grand or less, right? So that you add it up, that's about $90 billion out of 900. That's 10% going to people, right? Who, who have been out of work for months after months after months after months. So what do you do with 600 bucks after you've been out of work for, you know, eight months? Not a lot, right? Do you, do you pay your, your overdue cable bill or your something. cell phone or what do you do with that, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they put 90% of that goes to like, Israel and well, one, Egypt. Yeah, one point three billion is going to Egypt. Seven hundred million is going to Sudan. Four hundred fifty-three million is going to Ukraine, and then five hundred million is going to Israel. So, there, so uh, to, to just clarify, two hundred billion of the two point three trillion dollar omnibus is going to be dispersed as stimulus payments. The next seven hundred, there's seven hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, is that two hundred billion? And then there's 700 billion that's going to be dispersed in other kinds of like uh, economic relief, like the Paycheck Protection Program and things like that. Then you get the omnibus spending bill, which was a ton of it is like general spending programs, but a lot of them are ridiculous. Like what's the what's the lizards on on treadmills or whatever, and the Pakistani gender programs. I don't care what the number is, you know. We're we're at a point where our economy has been decimated. When we're unable to work and survive. 
Why would you give any money? Could you imagine? Let me, let me just give you an analogy. Could you imagine you get fired from your job, right? And you've got a savings of a couple grand and your rent is like a thousand bucks a month. And you're like, well, I could probably last about two months. Yeah, I'm going to get my money to my neighbor. He seems hungry. Or, or you're going to be like, I'm going to give away a thousand dollars of my money from my savings so my neighbor can take a gender studies class at the local college. Uh-huh. Who in their right mind would do that? When they print, when they said a hey, 2.3 trillion we're going to get, does that mean that we are going to borrow 2.3 trillion from the Federal Reserve? Mm, it, so the run rate of their spend right now is, is uh, run rate on an annualized basis close to 10 trillion and total income is around four. So they're, they're spending, not all of that will be borrowed. Some of that comes in, in in income taxes. Some of it comes in in social security taxes, FICA, stuff like that. But but by far, the, the majority of it's being borrowed right now. Does, do you what, know how, what, so well, how much of it's being borrowed? But, but like, who does it get borrowed from? How do they borrow it? Well, the Treasury conducts an auction. And this is a very simple magician trick, right? Um, the Federal Reserve is not directly monetizing debt because that would be Banana Republic. So what happens is one of the 23 primary dealers, J.P. Morgan, uh, etc. They go in and they buy these things and then the Federal Reserve buys it from them. And of course they take a little cut, you know, a little skim, a couple basis points to take a little vig. So that's how it works. But if you follow the action, the Federal Reserve is literally buying fresh U.S. paper the same day in many cases, right? So it's, it's, just, it's just one step to make it look like it's not what it is, which is the Federal Reserve prints money out of thin air and our government spends it. Yep. So the, the Sounds go- like a Ponzi scheme. Well, so what's the long-term effect of that? The long-term effect is, is money is, let's be clear, money is just a, it's a, it's a social agreement. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's, it's a claim on something. We, there's, you know, that, the, the paper in Luke's notebook, you know, we say is just paper, but this other paper has value or these ones and zeros on this hard disk mean this, but not that over there. So the money is just this thing that we all agree has value. The long-term effect of just printing, printing, printing is you take from everybody by last time I went to the grocery store, first time I ever had a $500 grocery bill, Right. And I could easily carry the whole thing, wow. right? And they yeah. tell me constantly, there's no inflation, but I know there is. And my health care, which I have to buy as a small business owner, it goes up reliably 10, 20% every year. Let me tell everybody a trick you can do right now. Go on Amazon.com, select some electronics, put them into your cart, and then cl- and don't buy them. Close the browser. Come back in a week. You'll get a notification. Happened to me. I was going to buy a tablet, and I forgot. Opened it up a day or two later, and it said price change, 500 to 650 mm-hmm. The cost went up. To, to clarify how we're borrowing this money, so the, the U.S. government will be like, we're going to borrow a trillion from the Federal Reserve. But what they'll do is the Federal Reserve will loan a trillion to J.P. Morgan or one of 23 banks, middlemen, and then the bank will loan it to the U.S. government? Not, not, not exactly like that. Um, so the, Federal, the Treasury Department puts out, let's say, a trillion dollars of Treasury bills right? Three-year notes, five-year notes, 10-year notes, whatever they are, 30-day bills. But they put a trillion bucks out, and then people bid for them in these competitive auctions. Almost all of that goes to these big banks. The big banks are buying it with cash they have kicking around, most of which they got from the Federal Reserve, different mechanism. But that's real cash. And then the Federal Reserve takes real cash and wires it into their accounts and takes those assets, those debt instruments off their hands. So the Federal Reserve is holding a bunch of U.S. Treasury bills? Yeah, a ton. Trillions. And Could we default on that? Mm, not if you have a printing press. It's very hard to do. So, so this is this is what what has really been running, and it's going to hit everybody really hard. And I think it's going to hit us really bad in the next few years. And it's a direct consequence of all this printing. And it's this: the Federal Reserve. My statement about them is they're what I call a reverse Robin Hood organization. They print a lot of money. The people who get their hands on it first through something called the Cantillon effect. If you're closest to it, like if I'm the Federal Reserve. 
Luke, you're sitting there and I print a bunch, a trillion dollars. You get it first because you're the big bank in line. You then spend that on whatever you want. And by the time it trickles out to the rest of the people, stakes are, you know, $18 a pound and whatever, right? Because of that, what happens is you find that as a little person, your bank account, it doesn't buy as much anymore. Your purchasing power went away. But where'd it go? That's the where'd it go. That's the mechanism, the mandrake mechanism, the, the, the sleight of hand. So everybody in the nation, all 320 million, lose a, a little bit of purchasing power from their bank accounts. But it's, it's an economic axiom. It had to go somewhere. Where'd it go? If you follow the story, it went to the billionaires, the trillionaires, the, the, the elites. They got all of that. So that's why I call the Federal Reserve the reverse Robin Hood, because they take from the many to give to the few. And when you look at the purchasing... And that makes people yeah. pissed off. Oh, yeah. When they realize what's going on, because sadly, a lot of people don't realize what's going on. And they're like, yes, government, give me my $600 or my $2,000 immediately. And they think it literally comes out of thin air. It doesn't. You pay for it in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Your children are going to be paying for it. And if you look at the purchasing power of the dollar from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you will be absolutely shocked to understand how fast the value of the dollar is going down. Even just recently, as you mentioned in the supermarket, I'm even seeing it, and it's it's uh, scary stuff. I remember when I was a kid, and a candy bar cost 40 cents. I know. Mm -hmm. Dude, I used to buy that? penny candy. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was yeah. a thing. Alfredo's. Yeah. Yeah. And then sell mattered. it for five cents in front of my house. Yeah, it works. Yep. Then they went up to two cents. I remember that. They went from one cent to two cents in like the course of a year, and then they were five cents. That's, that's a inflation. Big, that's a hundred percent inflation. So, so, so think about it this way: yeah. the, the important way, the important thing to understand about this is, if you make ten bucks an hour with inflation, with this mass printing of money, we've effectively just lowered the minimum wage, basically in terms of buying power. Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody's value is stripped, even the business owners. Another way, another way to look at it is: let's say you worked for fifty years, or you know, what's, yeah, what's forty, forty some odd years, you finally retired, and you got a couple hundred grand in your retirement account. Well, you're not going to make more. That's your money. That's your budget for the rest of your life. And then they mass print trillions of dollars devaluing that currency. All of a sudden, your retirement account is worth half of what it was, no longer enough to actually retire on. What do you do? I guess a lot of people are going to become dependent on the government to keep printing money for them because the money they have is no longer sound enough to actually buy things. So then you get people who work at Walmart because Walmart gets special kickbacks from government. Walmart then pays their employees trash. Their employees then have to get government benefits and around and around but we go. But the government's not even printing it. It's the, it's the Federal Reserve, a private company's printing it for us. So, and then we give them, we give them notes of like we promise to give you the money back right mm -hmm. that's what these are yeah if we were to default on that and say you know what federal reserve we can't we're not what would happen well the whole system breaks at that point in time it, the that, whole world the whole world breaks yeah the petrodollar so so it's not just we the people who who are on the hook for those treasury notes right so we owe a bunch of those to china china holds 1.3 trillion dollars of them there's about seven trillion dollars of u.s obligations out there in the world it's a big number Trillions of big so, number. Th and this is the crazy thing. What that really means, and correct me if I'm wrong, that China has guaranteed access to U.S. labor, right? That's ultimately what the money would get them. Something produced or, or a service provided by an American, they're getting. So it's effectively like when the U.S. borrows money from China to pay back with interest, they're saying this what we're going to give you assures that the people in our country will work for you is in that, some capacity. Is that the Chinese central bank that we owe? Yes, that, that's who's nominally holding it. So it's the Chinese it, version of the Federal Reserve, yeah, which the is the Bank, Bank of China. China. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the Bank of uh, well, the, the the so are you familiar with the Bank of International Settlements? Mm-hmm. The bank, so that's like the the mother central bank where all the other central banks funnel their money through. Um, I would imagine that the Bank of China and the Federal Reserve are connected through the Bank for International Settlements. Yeah, and I don't know that it's useful really to think about different countries when you get to the banking or cartels. You know, they they are really a tribe. You know, they they hang out together, and I'm I'm not really clear what the difference is between. All yeah. the member banks at the BIS, and because I don't know I mean, that they have it, sovereign interests when it, they talk it, about this stuff. But is it really like how you just explained? They do things on paper to make it seem like it's legitimate, when in reality mm-hmm. they just control whether you get access to resources or not. Yeah. So, um, I give a lot of talks, right? And I've I've been in front of I'm guessing ten thousand different audience members at this point in time, and I always ask this one question. And I say, particularly U.S. audiences, I say, how many of you ever learned about how money is created in the system? I watched Zeitgeist. I've had two hands go up that whole time, like taught in school, right? One was at a crazy Marxist professor at UMass. Another was at Oberlin economics professor. Again, a nut. But you can teach this to fifth graders, and I know because I have. And once you teach people how money is created in the system, because this whole idea that the Federal Reserve has money. No, they don't. They just literally click on a keyboard, mm-hmm. and it's created in that moment. It's digital, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's, it's not all even digital. Paper not even yeah. paper. Not even yeah. that. Like when you go and borrow money from a bank, people thinking like Jimmy Stewart, it's a wonderful life. And you go down and your savings are in my mortgage. It's not like that at all. When I go to a bank and I take out a mortgage, they click on keyboards again. And when I borrow, say, 400000 to to buy a house, they just – that's when it got created. That's when the 400000 came into poof, BM. Yeah. Now, here's the easiest way to – I break down to people why it's a problem because I've got a bunch of these you know lefty friends – who are like, you know, we need this $2,000 stimulus bill. And I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. You do. I get it. I get it. You're, you're going to get evicted. Your, your job has been taken away from you. But I think the real issue is that they've taken away your ability to provide for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I try to explain to them why it's a problem. We're printing all this money. And I'll put it very simply. There's, there's five of us here in this room. Imagine there was $1 between the five of us. And I'd give it to Luke. And then Luke would trade it to Ian. And Ian would trade it. And that's how the economy functioned. Now imagine one day I show up and I start drawing on a piece of paper dollars. I'm doing no work. I'm trading nothing for anybody. And I'm convincing all of you to give me your stuff because I drew a picture. That's basically what's happening. We're all as the work as working people doing something in exchange for a good so that we can provide for each other resources. And then the the government basically comes in and says, "Ooh, I did work. Here's my money, too. And we go, oh, thank you, government. But they didn't. They just drew it on a piece of paper. They typed it on a keyboard and pressed enter. And we're giving away our stuff to people who aren't working for us or with us or trading with us. So we're using their money pictures and... The payment for that is we got to give them interest for it. We and think, what, is, what is interest in this story? Do you think? What, what a, does that a represent? Percentage of the picture, uh, like, so, like so, one for every hundred. So to me, if, if you're the bank and you loan me that four hundred thousand dollar mortgage and I pay it back to you, that money was created and it's given back. But where did the interest come from in this story? What does that represent? Well, what it represents is my labor over time. So over the next thirty years, if I have a mortgage, I borrowed four hundred. I might pay eight hundred back, depending on the rate of interest. Where did that 400000 come from? Well, it came from my hard work. But when you created that 400000 what did you do? You went clickety-clickety-click. Yep. That was yep. the total work yep. in that story. But me, I'm doing 30 more years in a garage and as a bus yep. driver, as a whatever, whatever, right? Um, so that's, this, that's why it's never taught in school. 
Because once you learn that, you go, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> it, it's, it's one big Ponzi scheme with these individuals providing absolutely no value at all. Well, well Banking, well, uh, Wall on. Street, they're the only industry that literally is the only people that don't actually produce something of, of a service, don't actually produce a good. They just literally make it out of thin air by pressing that's, buttons that's, on a That's computer. absolutely wrong, Luke. You are wrong. Uh-huh. They provide excellent source material for movies like The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. That was a <laughs> great movie. That was yes. awesome. It was awesome. With Matthew McConaughey and he's pounding on his chest. Uh, they used that to, was awesome. See, if it wasn't for these guys, would we be entertained? They used to execute bankers for charging interest. <laughs> they called it usury. Usury. <laughs> it was a it was a capital punish capital crime to commit usury, which was to charge interest on the loan. And, I, but I, you know what? I, I mean, that look, honestly, I seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, or something. I, I personally have no issue if I've got ten bucks and I say, okay, I can front you the money now, but I want back eleven dollars. I mean, if I'm actually yeah, giving you and taking that risk, giving a flat interest rate is different than a compounding interest no, rate saying sure, i sure, want sure. i want that back plus 10 percent is different than saying plus one percent every month until you pay me back well look if i i think if someone enters into a contract it's their choice if i have money if i say look i'm gonna lend you this you know half bottle of water but you got to give me a full bottle of water when you know in a month or so i think i'm fine with that the problem is when i'm like okay um i'm not actually gonna give you any real water i'm gonna spit in a bottle call it water and then you got to give me a full bottle full bottle of water back but even with the spitting what you're doing there is you're actually doing something right 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 right. even spitting is work so so you're doing something (laughs) that's the difference here and 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 so the idea of like if i earn ten dollars because of my hard labor and then i decide to loan ten to luke and and you know he's going to pay me back 11 that's a different story from saying i'm going to create 10 out of thin air and then insist that you give it all back plus some vig whatever the particularly compounding interest right so so that's the game and by the way that game is going to unravel in everybody's lifetime here mine years everybody this is this is the story that's coming apart because it made a lot of sense in a time when you could just continue to grow exponentially forever that's what we've been doing on this planet and our money system is no different it's just compounding compounding more and more and more debt now it's kind of on that steep phase you know you look at the pull up a chart of of like u.s government debt it is well i've got uh, yeah i've got uh st louis fed.org's economic research money stock have you seen this yeah it just goes up and then look at this in 2020 it goes from uh you can see yeah beginning of the year it Mm -hmm. just skyrockets billions of dollars jumps from four thousand to seven thousand so it's like four trillion to seven trillion right yeah but but that increase that's a 66 percent increase in 12 months so all the money used in this country 66%? for sixty-six percent in one year. Because the last time we talked about it was at thirty-five. No, no, yeah, no. that well. Now they're printing more. This there's is, more. This is M one you're looking at probably, right. which is which is M1. demand that that's uh, checking savings plus currency, right? But think about that. Every dollar created in our country was about eight hundred billion up till before the first great financial crisis, right? Every bridge, every war fought, every school, every everything took eight hundred billion of money stock creation. Then they doubled that in, in about a year. Mm-hmm. And that's that model has just been going, and you can feel it. It's getting faster and faster. So for all your listeners out there, the just ask yourself: is, is it? Does it feel like it's just speeding up? Yeah, because it actually is. Well, so, uh, so Bitcoin. I, I, I mean, I, those charts look similar to the Bitcoin charts, uh, especially. I, in their no, 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 no. <laughs> I have a I have a phone with uh, you know it has a Bitcoin wallet on it, and it's an old phone. So I just was like, at one point, I was like, ah, whatever, you know, just put it in a box and, and forgot about it. And then I, I, I'm following Max Kaiser on uh, on Twitter. You guys know Max. You know mm-hmm. Max, right? Yep. Orange Pill Podcast. And he's he's got this really funny meme where he says, have fun staying poor. Have you seen that? Uh, people no. people who keep telling him Bitcoin was like, don't buy Bitcoin. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's him sitting in a chair, like looking at the camera and says, have fun staying poor. 
And so I'm seeing him post these things. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, people saying Bitcoin broke its all time high. And I'm like, where's that phone hit? And I'm like, trying to figure out where it is. And it's dead. And I got to plug it in to see like what's still on it. Cause it's $28,000 for one coin mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Well, this is the thing $3,000. People are looking for alternatives to the dollar. People are looking to get out of this thing that, of course, people are just printing like crazy. And that's why we're seeing, I think, in in one instance, why cryptocurrencies are doing so well right now because of this incredible amount of money printing that's happening right now. Let me tell you, I think crypto is not the right call. I think gold is not the right call. If there's one thing you got to buy, it's Primal Youth by Dr. Jones spinning. I'm I'm kidding. Infowars.com. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, Water. Access to water. Mm-hmm. Watching that video of these people storm through this supermarket because of the lockdowns, and they're like, "We want food, like yeah. we want to shop." You can have all the Bitcoin in the world when an angry mob is hungry. They're not going to stop to ask you for your for your for your private, you know, or for your public key or whatever to do an exchange. What was they're that? gonna they're gonna punch you in the face and take your sandwich. Well, from of that course, movie? that's why I bought ammo, heirloom seeds, <laughs> a lot of uh-huh. medicine that we can't even mention on this show right now. You, uh, yeah. you know, being prepared and having you know personal responsibility is the absolute key. And when you're paying attention, when you know you know big companies like Citadel and BlackRock, and you see the revolving door, you see the game that's being played on the American people, and you see the writing on the wall. It's there, and it's becoming way more and more evident. And when the people who are writing are gonna find out about the exact details i don't know oh boy i don't know do what's you, going you, to happen do you guys see this video mm. out of new york where the kids are smashing yep. the suv yeah yeah throwing their bikes at yeah. it one one kid you know runs up jumps and then drop kicks the windshield it was a medical suv apparently new york is look it's a way I'll, I'll, i'm gonna call it a wasteland because i'm being hyperbolic but let me tell you something what people don't understand about extreme circumstances is that you're a frog in a pot with the water level the, the heat slowly rising until the water boils and you don't realize it Think about what you were doing in New York a couple years ago compared to what you can do in New York now. And you might be like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Can't do any of that anymore. Hmm. When was the last time you saw a story about a mob of people breaking into a supermarket? New York City is, it's, you know, there's street races at night now. I'm seeing these videos of people just speeding through the empty streets. Yeah, crazy. And then driving around Manhattan because it's, it's, a, it's a wasteland. And I, I look, obviously, it's not a, like a desolate, a post-apocalyptic fallout, you know, st- style, you know, you know, junkyard or whatever. Yeah. There's people walking around living their normal lives, but in many ways, it's it's a, a fraction of what it used to be to the point where these kids can ride around with their bikes, smash windows, and just, there's, there's nothing anyone can yeah. do about it. It's oh, like, but that's oh, happening now. What's right. going to happen when the value of the dollar goes even lower? Well, so this is, When there's a whole bunch of unprepared people that don't have resources, that don't know what to do, that don't have a plan, are stuck without any of the important and, things coming in. And this is what I'm saying. If right now in New York, teenagers on bikes can just attack an SUV and you get away with it, and and we see people just driving around Manhattan, it's, it's lawlessness. What do you think happens if the police can't handle what's going on right now? You know, ruffian teenagers smashing a car. How do you think they're going to handle pockets of 50 to 100 people in different parts of the city smashing their way into supermarkets screaming, we want to shop, we need food? What, the, the cops are going to go, oh, can't do anything about it, sorry. If they can't handle this now... You do not want to be in a city like that. I can't believe there are people who are staying there, too. And they I, didn't I handle it. They didn't handle it in uh, d- during the summer of this year, during the Black Lives Matter protest, when they were just standing around, not doing anything, having their little uh, protest uh, against actually doing their job. So when it came to when the people needed them the most, when there was rioting, when there was looting, when there was actual violence in the street, they literally just stood back and watched everything yeah. happen. Yeah, they did nothing. So I think we're getting dangerously close to that point. 
where, you know, I was talking, I, I, I talking to my lefty friends, trying to explain to them the problem of mass printing. What, what, what are they nearly doubled the money supply or a 66% increase? That's crazy. And, uh, you know, we, we did a segment about it and it was, it, we got a ton of views on it because people are like, they're seeing that spike in the money stock and they're mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? That looks scary. Like, cause you have all of this 200 years of slow and steady increase and then boom, straight up. Yeah, so, so, but, I, but just I, wrap, wrap, wrap up my point real quick. Talking to my lefty friend, I bring this up and I'm like, what does that mean for you? I don't know, $20 a, for a gallon of milk, 15 bucks for a gallon of gas at some point, right? If the money stock has just doubled, the, the inflation's coming soon. Read your history, man. Read about all these countries where the, where the hyperinflation happened and the mass printing of money resulted in people shoveling bills into the dumpster. What you were saying. So I, I agree with all of that. And um, this problem definition that we're up against, I mean, it's so, so first up, that chart, seeing the M1, the money supply just spike. Listen, keep a journal. I mean, this is crazy times. Right? I mean, this is the hard part. I want to shake people by the lapels. I want to slap them, you know, airplane style. Wake up. Because... This is insane what's happening right now. It's literally insane. And if you can't decode the signals, so it, this is an easy signal. 66% increase in the money supply. Trust me, we're going to get people like, well, when's this inflation going to show up? I'm like, it's already here, but the inflation goes where the money goes. So they printed all that money and they mostly gave it to rich people. So what are rich people like? They like jewels, art, yachts, Gulf streams, trophy properties, stocks, and bonds. All of those are through the roof right now. Yep. We're seeing all that, the pricing on that, if you can even find a lot of this stuff. So- you held up water. This is what my company, this is a company t-shirt. We're all about resilience. And so the problem definition side is like, yeah, this stuff is happening. How much convincing do you need? Once you're past convincing, what do you do about it? Yeah. You know, a lot that's of- what we need to be talking about. It's like, what do you do about this? Because already where I live in Western Mass, mm-hmm. all the properties got snapped up. Oh, all yeah. the, just a fraction of a percent of people leaving New York and Boston said that was enough to kill our real estate market. Yep. And when you, I get a lot of questions specifically with people asking me, when will the great reset happen? I'm like, it's here. It's here. It's happening right now in front of our very eyes and no one's even paying attention and realizing that it's the largest transfer of wealth is happening right in front of their eyes. John Kerry came out. He has a big position inside of uh, the Biden administration. He came out and said, of course, the Biden administration is going to go along with the Great Reset. We're going to implement it quicker and faster than anyone could even imagine. But yes, people it, forget it, we're here. We're so at this juncture right now. The Great Reset people, this is, you know, Klaus Schwab and, and the whole Davos crowd, the World Economic Forum. One of their key catchphrases they've been marketing for years is build back better. Build back better. Yep. Build back All better. All across Europe. And mm-hmm. they had it recently. We saw Trudeau out of Canada and Boris Johnson and, and uh, we got Biden talking about it. But the funny thing is, if you go to the Biden-Harris transition website, it doesn't say BidenHarrisTransition.gov. Their website is literally BuildBackBetter.gov. That yep. is their transition. The talking points. Website. That's, that's, so this, what, that's what these European leaders, that's their slogan. Why, that's, is, why is there a .gov? That's the slogan of European leaders. Why is it the, the president-elect's... Website, Build Back Better. What does that even mean? First off, it, it's it's sort of a, just grammatically, it's kind of a disaster, but. <laughs> <laughs> is it like once it, once it falls apart, we're going to make it stronger again? So like if an animal's suffering, you want to put it out of its misery? Is that what they're trying to do right now is is put the system out of its misery so well, that it can come back stronger? Is, we can everything's restart. being destroyed and they're going to build back 
better. But better. There you go. Well, yeah. they're, they're, they're just well, talking about I needed the right good. emphasis yeah. on it. Feels, exactly. It feels good. Huh? Redefine <laughs> capitalism to make everything yeah. more equal and more fair for everyone. Because, and you know, the big powerful globalists that are <laughs> responsible for so many ills and wrongs in the world are now going to have a 180 degree flip in their soul and actually start doing good things for everyone, just like they promise in this very vague open language that we hear on the on the the IMF, the World Bank, so I just and want the World I, Economic forum i, I do want to make sure we, we we cite all this we have the hill john Kerry reveals biden's devotion to radical Gre- uh, great reset movement now to to be to clarify this is from a contributor justin haskins but he does going to talk about the great reset movement covid and here we have the world economic forums the great reset website saying there's an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the covid19 crisis to improve the state of the world the World Economic Forum is starting the Great Reset Initiative. Yep. We had on uh, Destiny. Are you familiar with Destiny? He's a, a, a leftist, uh, although the progressive, I guess the, the woke left really hates him because he said, I guess he said that Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself and so mm-hmm. they went after him, but he's pretty lefty. He said, he said, isn't uh, a crisis like COVID the perfect time to do reforms to make the world a better place? Isn't, doesn't that make sense? So, so, uh, I think the issue is, we, uh, put, put a pin in that. Now I'll mention I had Alex Jones on the show and I asked him, what if what if they're right that, you know, humanity is hurtling towards non-existence, extinction, because we're destroying this planet, stripping resources and just burning ourselves alive? Don't we need to do something? Isn't that, is, is that possible? And Alex actually said, you're right. I think about that all the time. It may be. But, you know, it's a very serious challenge. And then ultimately what, what it comes down to hearing this from, say, Destiny or, or hearing what Alex thought about it. It's a question of your right to impose what you think is right for the rest of the world. And here's where the real real problem comes in. If you came to me and told me, Tim, the world is on fire and it's going to end soon, I'd be like, that's a problem. What can we do to solve it? If I trust you. What if you're not right? What if you're just another crazy person like all the rest of the crazy people who thinks they know what the world needs? You've got fascists who think they know they know what the world needs. I certainly don't trust them. You've got communists who think they know what the world needs. I don't trust them either. So if someone comes to me and says, we must impose authoritarian rule over all of the people of the world to make sure we survive, I don't have any good reason to trust what you're saying. I want the world to survive. I want to mitigate these problems. I personally think we got a problem with climate change. And you even mentioned we've got we got a problem with resources. But who do I trust? Who do we empower to put the boot down over everybody else? So I, a, a doctor once told me, I love this saying, people don't sue outcomes, they sue relationships. So here's my relationship with these elites at this point in time. They just lie about everything. So I'm actually fairly sympathetic to this line of thinking. If they said, listen, we're 7.8 billion people, normal trajectory, we're going to nine, maybe 10 billion. That's a fact. That's going to happen by 2050. Here's where we are in the resource story. Here's how much oil we think we have left. Here's how much fresh water we think we have left. There's a, there's a gap here. We have a problem on our hands. But let's pull through this together. So this would have been like going to the nation back in 1940 and saying we have to defeat Nazis, right? And as long as you're honest about that, people will go, okay. You know, if, if people know what the vision is, they will crawl through mud, literally. You ever seen those people do those mudders, right? Like just yeah. crawling, through, like, because they have Tough this. Tough mudder. Yeah, and it's team-based and, and they want to do it. So people will do amazing. I have great faith in people, but I think what you're talking about is that the people who are pulling the strings up there right now, they don't have that same faith. In fact, they actually don't trust us. So that means we're in a relationship that's not based on trust. And so your question is a good one, which is why should I do anything if I don't trust you? Well, yeah. uh, well, well. Here, here's here's an interesting conundrum, I suppose. You've got the, what is it, the IPCC? Mm-hmm. You know, a consensus among scientists, climate change is happening. 
do you, what, what, how do you feel about what's your thoughts on climate change? Is very complicated. I put a, not enough time into it to really understand what's going on, but I get the basic theory of it. And I don't want to get into the actual politics that, that arises around it, but I just wanted to point out that you've got a large faction of people who don't believe it's real. If you get someone like Al Gore coming out the documentary and doing a presentation saying, you know, here's what's happening, and half the country believes it and half doesn't, then I, I don't necessarily agree that if they came out and said, here's our plan, people would just agree to do it. I think a lot of people would just say, no, you can't tell me what to do. But it's not necessarily around the climate change. This resource story is more direct, more linear. So ocean acidification is something I believe in completely because it's very simple. You take the partial pressure of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, and the higher it is, the more there is, the more goes in the water, the more acidic it becomes, period. Yeah. And I know I've talked to oyster farmers who can't grow oysters in both Maine and in, in, uh, in Puget Sound. Well, we because can, the ocean's too acidic. But they the jellyfish to, comes in, yeah. and we, eat, we can eat, we, people are eating the jellyfish now. Have I've you, never tried it. Is it good? Oh, have you looked into <laughs> iron fertilization? Yeah, this whole idea that we're going to geoengineer our way out of this, I think, is... Here's... Complexity theory is the most important thing I've ever learned. And in complexity theory, there's a couple things. Like, like even if we had a computer, and we're modeling sand being dropped, when, exactly when, and how much is that pile is going to slump, we don't know. We can't predict it. We, yeah. we don't, that defies us. So when you say, do I believe in climate change? It's not a question of belief. What I'll tell you is it's not just a complex system. It's hundreds of right, nested right. complex systems. Our ability to predict that is zero, right? But we yeah. can sort of look at the larger trends, which I do believe in. But anybody who has certainty about where anything's going to go or how it's going to play out, I don't know about that side of things. But ocean acidification is dead simple. Tell yeah, me how yeah, much yeah, yeah. how much CO two is in the atmosphere, and I'll tell you what's going to happen. And so on the I, other side. I've I've worked for environmental nonprofits, and we like uh, we talk a great deal about the dead zones that have appeared, and say like the Gulf. Are you familiar with these? Yeah, from all the nutrient runoff. Yeah, right, yeah. So and there's also the other problem. Uh, uh, you mentioned fresh water. I did a mini uh, a short segment on a desalinization uh, desalination plant in I believe it was Carlsbad, California. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you look, we, the whole world is water. We just got to get the salt out of it. We can drink it. What they don't realize is, first of all, that creates a, a mass movement of the water into other areas. But the brine runoff from the when, when they pull the, 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 the brine, they basically take salt water and they pull out a bunch of, you know, water molecules, which gives them fresh water. They get a really dense, salty brine, which then rolls down the bottom of the of, uh, of the ocean uh, bed killing off all of the smaller life forms, creating this wave that goes all the way up, creating a dead zone where now there's nothing alive anymore. So de that desalination is not a solution to this. So that, that ultimately what I'm getting to is it seems like we can't just keep doing what we're doing, can we? Nope. That's the point. So we then we just can't. Well, well, so then, so, but where's, where's the balance between a, an individual's right to choose and live their lives for themselves and it's like shaking humanity by the shoulders and saying, like, you are burning things to the ground. What do we do? Yeah, but but the people who are saying things are burning down, they're lying through their teeth. And usually they are connected to individuals who are doing the burning. So when we look right, at the actual right. pollution, when we look at the actual issues that the earth is facing, whether with natural resources or not, or, or, or some of the studies that manipulate the data to, to highlight that maybe it is declining, maybe it's not declining. A lot of this is contrived by organizations that benefit from this, that get more power and control by you believing some, some of these things. And then they extort it to get power taxes. They, they wanted to do a carbon hmm. tax on individuals. CNN again lambasted individuals. 
individuals for for eating meat and they're saying because of climate change you're going to have to eat less meat meanwhile they're not even talking about the multinational corporations that are mostly responsible for the the quote carbon emissions that are going on there and they're shifting the blame on the individuals when they're the ones creating the problem that they magically have a solution to that we have to go along I with think, that's crazy i think a really good question that needs to be answered is when you look at greta thunberg she complains about the U.S. and Europe, and she ignores China and India. Mm-hmm. Why is that? If I'm, if look, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you, man. I'm, I'm ready to, to, to fight for the environment and all that good stuff. But I got a real, I got a real problem with the when we ignore a couple, a couple very important questions. We ignore China and India, and they're pumping out tons of carbon. And I don't see Greta Thunberg complaining about that. The U.S. is actually working hard to reduce carbon emissions, find other ways to produce energy. Not like it's perfect, but then you also see these 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 elites who fly on jumbo jets and have big houses, but more importantly, buy beachfront property. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Bill well, Gates. What's, what's Bill Gates on? recently bought beach, beachfront property. Have, haven't all of them bought beachfront yeah, property exactly. this year? But, but this is the thing we also have to understand. A lot of China's pollution was predominantly responsible because of other countries sending their garbage to them, and they said that they're going to recycle it. They didn't recycle it. They sent it into the oceans, th- and then the world found out that cycling, recycling mainly, uh, in part, was a large scam on the, on the people. I think I figured it out. Hmm. I think I figured it out. You see... All these rich people buy this beachfront property, right? Because they really want to live on the beach. Barack Obama just did it yeah, too yeah, yeah. recently in but, Maine. But but then yep. they're sitting there thinking, like, I just invested, you know, ten million dollars in this in this condo, right? And it's going to be underwater in twenty years. So they go to their buddy and say, "How do we stop my condo from going underwater?" I know. Let's lock everybody down so that no one can do anything. Because then they know yeah. we'll save resources. That means the the elites. I'm I'm half joking, yeah. by the way. Well, well, there's climate change zealots right now that are coming out in mainstream media publications, and they're writing editorials how we need to continue these lockdowns. We need yes. to prevent people from riding cars. We need to prevent people from traveling to stop climate change. After we defeat the coronavirus. We still have to continue these practices yes. because they're good for the environment. Meanwhile, they point to the responsibility at the individual rather than the actual corporates, the culprits who are responsible for it. And it's absolutely sickening. And it's totally disingenuous, quote, journalism. It's PR this, propaganda listen, listen. for the very rich to become richer. They, 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 they write that the Great Reset is a conspiracy theory that people think the elites are just locking us down because of climate change and not really because of COVID. I got an article here from the World Economic Forum themselves. Emissions fell during lockdown. Let's keep it that way. Yep. Well, there you go. I don't think we need <laughs> well, to. Well, they're so, saying it to so us. So if somebody says they're going to do something and then it happens, it's now a conspiracy theory to suggest that that might have been what happened? Well, that's what the New York Times even wrote. They said, if you talk about the the Great Reset, you're a conspiracy theorist. It doesn't exist. It's not here. Meanwhile, other other publications are like celebrating it and saying that this is going well, to be it's, great it's, and amazing. It, it started out with, you, you, had the, you had the World Economic Forum writing the Great Reset. Here's what we're going to do. Then when the right conservatives and libertarians started talking about it, the New York Times said, oh, it's a conspiracy. It's not real. Then about a week later, you, you started getting these, these mainstream publications just defending the Great Reset, saying far right, you know, white supremacists, et cetera, are attacking the noble and Great Reset. Like, we, we are all working together for a better world, and these far right white nationalists, rah, harumph, I say. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, but here's okay. the thing. That's the, that's the trajectory things go through. You could ask uh, every one of those journalists and say, what exactly does the Great Reset entail and what impact is it going to have on your lives? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Nobody has an right. idea about this, right? Except yeah, I know you that drive I'm, your car and you I'm not going to own anything. I'm going to be happy about that. I'm going to rent everything. Have no privacy. No privacy. But that's, that's, but, that's but, all but I listen, know about listen, it so far. That's you, not them. 
I think, I think you know, there's, there's going to, there's going to, what, what, what I think I see happening right now is there, uh, uh, for a long time in the United States, upward mobility was a thing. The American dream existed for people, uh, even people who didn't, who, who were not from here, could, could emigrate, become American, find their American dream. You could be in poverty in the old country, come here, work really, really hard. And eventually your kids are living better than you've ever dreamed. And you got your own house and Just you got a business. That Ponzi scheme to the top. Well, so what's happening now is. The American dream was upward mobility. You know, in some countries, there's none because it's class-based or caste-based. Mm-hmm. Well, what's happening now is, with the Great Reset, I think what they're going to do is, there's a 100 ladders that you can climb for that upward, upward, upward mobility. 99 of them are getting the axe right now. Yep. And they'll keep one or two. Some people will be allowed if they approve of you and you, you help them. And they will get to continue flying around on jets, running the world doing whatever they want. But hey, look, emissions are down, the World Economic Forum says. Let's keep it that way. I don't way. think that's good. Now, does that does that mean they won't be flying? No, it means you won't be flying. Exactly. That's that's a great point that you're making there. And when you look at upward mobility, it's virtually almost coming to a point where it's impossible in the United States. You you look at low-skill labor, that's being replaced with immigration. You look at high-skill labor with, with programming, there's a whole bunch of outsourced. visa programs that are outsourced to India and China that are literally shipping in labor into the United States. So people People going to college right now, getting into debt for the rest of their life, come out and there's there's no job prospects out there. And there's going to be less and less of them. We were already facing a large economic turmoil, especially in the retail market before the coronavirus. Now, there's going to be a huge reckoning and a huge restructuring. The Great Reset, it's here. It's the largest transfer of wealth. And the, they are, they're enforcing it with brute force. If you're a business, if, if, you don't, if you don't transfer your wealth to Amazon, to Walmart, to Target, the police will come after you. They'll shut you down. The IRS will audit you. And they will make sure any semblance of self-responsibility, any semblance of you being able to fend for yourself is eliminated. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And it's you know, sickening. So there's one funny thing that's going on right now is there's a there's there's a call to boycott Walmart, and it's because Josh Hawley, Republican senator, announced he's going to be objecting to the electoral vote count supporting Donald Trump. The Walmart official Twitter account tweeted. I wonder if the Newsweek article has the tweet. They do. Check this out. Walmart tweeted Walmart, the actual Twitter account for verified Walmart. Go ahead. Get get your two hour debate. Sore loser. Walmart had to issue a public apology. It was a team member who forgot to switch accounts and conservatives are like, no, like we're going to boycott Walmart. Well, progressives seeing the opportunity were like, yeah, conservatives, woo, you're right. Let's boycott Walmart. And they're going, we actually just want to boycott Walmart because they're a massive corporation that rips off their employees and doesn't pay fair wages. And then I'm sitting there like, I don't care what your reason is for boycotting Walmart. I think Walmart's trash. I think we got to support mom and pop shops. So if you're mad about them tweeting at Josh Hall and you want to boycott it, I'll take it. If you're a progressive who doesn't like their paying wages, I agree with you. So how about we help the small businesses, the, the, the little people who need support right now, and we stop shopping yeah. at Walmart. <laughs> I'm with it. I mean, I mean, Walmart's taking their profits from us right now, and they're investing it back into Wuhan, China, yeah. of all yep. places, which is absolutely disturbing. Uh, what do you make of all of this, Chris? Are you with? Uh, are you going to boycott? Are you going to boycott Walmart? I have been for years. I'm way ahead of the curve. Okay, good. Oh, so, great, excellent. So. I, ha- I haven't been. I haven't been. I've been a little lazy on it. And uh, uh, I saw a tweet from Jen Perlman. We had we had on the show, and she said. We should boycott Walmart because, like, you know, they don't pay fair wages or whatever. And this is true. I mean, Walmart pays trash, and then their employees have to get welfare to make up the difference. Yeah, it's a subsidy. Yeah, I'm like, why are my taxes going to that? That doesn't make me happy. 
So, yeah, maybe Walmart should pay better. Yeah, this is the Ponzi scheme that's going on right now. Many people aren't being paid a living wage, and they have to go on government assistance, which, of course, is paid for through the tax dollars. It's another subsidy that they're receiving, which is an unfair advantage than anyone else in the business field. This is not a free market capitalistic society. This is a society by the rich for the rich. Even these living wages are... No. Money from the Federal yeah. Reserve that are not sustainable. We got to pay back with interest. It's completely so, so, un- so, there so, are no living but, but, wages right, right now. Let's, let's yeah. say living buying power or buying value for the mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. but it's not sustainable. No no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the Federal Reserve. I'm saying people need to have a way to sustain themselves with proper buying power, and the Federal Reserve strips that away. That's the problem. I yeah. agree with you. So what I'm saying is, you got a lot of people who are mad at Walmart because they insulted Josh Hawley, who was supporting Trump. Come on board. Let's 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 let's. let's, let's <laughs> but listen, listen. Conservatives all about helping the small business owner and the people who are fighting and working for themselves. I agree with you. We should be shopping at the, at the boutique stores, but they've all been shut down. So the government not only is paying a subsidy wage to the the, the people who aren't being paid enough by Walmart, we our taxes cover that. And then the government comes in and shuts down all the small businesses, forcing us to go to places wow. like Walmart. Talk about a lucrative merger between corporation and state. Oh, there's a word for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, fascism. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought I thought all the left was supposed to be fighting all that, but yep. here they are really cheering it well, on. They, actually, they, defini- the, the left's definition of fascism is ultra nationalism and traditionalism, and they argue that even though I believe I believe Mussolini said it was the lucrative merger between corporation and state for like a singular purpose, it was nationalistic. But I think, look. When we say fascism, we usually just mean totalitarian dictatorship, you know, single party rule. And why are we left and right? We got we got to come together and let's you know, you get left over here and the right over here. We all crack beers together and realize for different reasons we're mad at Walmart. Can we all agree that Walmart is bad? Mm-hmm. And it's I, I'm sorry for singling out Walmart. Actually, I'm no, I'm not sorry for singling, singling out Walmart, but it's other stores, too. It's Target. It's these big box stores and it's Amazon. Amazon's so easy. Whenever we need something, it's like I, I can just go to Amazon. Boom, it's there and it's prime. It's delivered. We got we got to go back to supporting people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the problem we have right now, money is being siphoned away, a transfer of wealth. It's not just happening because of COVID and the lockdowns. Everything that the left has pointed out, referencing that Walmart doesn't pay enough so their employees go on welfare and then our taxes pay for those people. That's another transfer of our wealth to a massive corporation. Yeah. I'm not cool with that. Or individuals like Jeff Bezos. I was about to say, can we please do Wal- uh, Amazon too? Because they had 1.5 billion items that were delivered just during this holiday season. They had a 50% increase since last year's holiday season in the amount of people that use them. And this is a company working on the latest and greatest police state technology, quantum computing to break encryption, artificial intelligence. They're working with the CIA. They're working with the Pentagon. If there ever was a legitimate threat against your civil liberties, against your freedoms, against your economic future, it's 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 Amazon. Let's just I got all these yeah. things on Amazon. The gorilla too, and the crystal ball, and the plasma ball. <laughs> yeah, All yeah. I, I think I, I got this glass pretty, on Amazon. Pretty easy it reminds me this thing too, maybe. It reminds me of uh, <laughs> Idiocracy, where Costco is just yeah. this massive multi-square mile building where like people get lost inside. Dude, it's incredibly convenient when they can drone deliver things through the stratosphere. When we're going to be able to drone ship materials like into the de- into the desert. We, because we're just launching these drones, it's going to be think the about, way whoa. we're supposed to live. Think, I just don't like a one guy owning that. And you know, well, 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 I don't want to seize the production, but 
we maybe there's a better way to no, but decentralize it, the ability. It, it, this is why I'm all about mixed economy. I don't like the idea of the in, uh, here, here's what I don't like. I don't like when the regular working class person loses their rights to, to figure out what they need and trade as they want. And that's what you get with full on socialism or communism. When the regular working class person loses choice. I'll tell you what I really, really don't like. I don't like Jeff Bezos extracting value and destroying mom and pop shops. I don't like big box stores setting up next to a boutique, shutting them down. I don't like Starbucks setting up next to a, a, a small town mom and pop coffee shop and then dropping their prices to gut them out. And then once they're gone, cranking the prices back up. Well, what, That's a problem. What's at the root of all this? The job economy? It's obviously capitalism. I say, you know what? The, the workers of the world, you know, I'm kidding. It's the it's, job economy, right? What do you think it is? It's, this, it's money. It's just money. It's like this old biblical sort of uh, understanding of mammon, right? So mammon comes out and, and confuses people with his shiny baubles and people do crazy stuff against every principle they have. We have corporations right now that will do anything for that bottom line. Anything. Yeah. So one of the things I track is insects, birds, all this stuff. I'm kind of an outdoor guy, right? And they're just plummeting. They're in decline. What, and what, what, what birds? Birds, massively. Birds just, aren't real. Uh, I'm kidding. Somebody was, this, somebody was posting in the chat over and over again. I know. I, I don't know what that was about. Didn't take. <laughs> that was a failed meme. It did not launch. But um, No, there's a, sub, there's a subreddit called Birds Aren't Real, and they, they go at it. I know. They keep trying. But the capital <laughs> T try, it's, it's painful at this point. So let's keep moving. But, so, um, so what kind of birds are you tracking? Um, all of them, all the migratory birds at this oh, okay. point in time. They're just, they're just in, yeah, they're in huge, huge decline everywhere. Wow. They just had this massive Sparrows. buy-off that just happened just this past week in White Sands in New Mexico, all that place where, where they were trying to migrate, but they just couldn't make it. They just fell out of the sky. Right. Sparrows? All kinds of things. Everything migratory. Really? Yep. They were falling out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Why? Just emaciated. They're, they're out of food. So the insects are all gone. Oh. Yeah. So I'm old enough. You guys might not know this, but when, when we would go on family trips, mm -hmm. right, get in the old Woody station wagon, you know, no seatbelts was that kind of an era. Every gas stop, which was plenty because the cars got zipped for, for mileage, right? I would have to crawl out and try and get the bugs off the windshield. And they were just thick, right? Yeah. But not just one type, not a swarm of mayflies. There's grasshoppers and, and dragonflies and big things and little things. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. I, I now drive hundreds of miles over the course of the summer and might get one bug. And it's not because my car is aerodynamic. They just aren't there. We got spider crickets right? here. And we're doing that. Things? Yeah, those things are nasty. <laughs> They're a little scary, right? And we're doing that because we decided to switch to a new brand of, of pesticides called neonicotinoids. And we did this because it's just a little bit cheaper, right? Yeah. And they get to sell a couple billion dollars worth, but we're taking out the bottom of the food chain. So the, yep. the larger story around the same story as Walmart, the theme for me is we have to get back in right relationship with ourselves, with our workers, with our, with our biosphere. Like if we don't get this relationship thing right and we keep going spiraling down this great reset, control everything – I think it ends badly. Uh, regarding, I, I think people, wait, 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 wouldn't the Great Reset help solve that problem? No, it would exacerbate it <laughs> why, why, tenfold why? because it's the same people, the heads of Monsanto, the heads of all these regulatory quote groups. Today, Joe Biden just picked a, a gentleman that's deemed Mr. Monsanto as the top head of the USDA today. Well, there's change you can believe in. Yes, exactly. And when you <laughs> and those are the same individuals bringing in the Great Reset. So we're gonna have we're gonna have you know Mr. Monsanto at the head of agriculture that's gonna to make everything right for you i mean i'm sorry it's going to be naive to believe any of these individuals because when you look at their track record when you look at what monsanto did not just with roundup but with so many different instances that i could bring up here right now it is absolutely dumbfounding why they are still allowed to be an entity that exists it, you, it's crazy you hear about the true. rat that yeah. was trying to eat a pigeon in new york city no they're that hungry huh yep 
They're all out of Cheetos and, and dog hot dog yeah. rinds. And well, there's stuff. also and, a, a and story a, today of squirrels attacking human beings. Exactly, yeah. a squirrel. A squirrels yeah, have been attacking people in New York, biting people because they're getting desperate. And you know, it, it's it's really interesting. I watch these videos of like you know a cat and a bunny, and they're like laying together. And, yeah, because they're well fed. Exactly. I was reading it like, why is it that we claim that dogs and cats hate each other? And in reality, like you'll see a video of a dog and a cat laying there and, you know, fat and happy. Even for, for like a lion, you can have a lion and a small little pig or something and the lion won't, will leave it alone because they're well fed. And it's, they don't want to waste energy fighting. Fighting is dangerous. It's scary. If they get free food from somewhere else, they got no reason to do it. Now we're seeing a rat fighting a pigeon and some dudes swinging at it. But now squirrels are attacking human beings desperate for food because when they have no choice, they would rather fight you even though they know they're going to die because they're like, I'm going to die anyway. You're making me think about humans, man. That's how humans are too. Yes. Yes. And so what happens when this lockdown carries on longer and longer and people start smashing their way into these businesses because they have to eat Mm -hmm. or drink water or something? It'll be... That's not... We need to figure out Don't a better way. Don't want well, to be in a city right now. Yes, that is a recipe further, for further disaster. Away. And what you were just talking about, I mean, it's something that I also observed this summer driving around in the United States. I was like, why aren't there a lot of bugs in the windshield like there used to be when I was a kid when we had road trips? And, and there's none. And it's terrifying because when you look at the kind of ecosystem, it's being interrupted. It's being interrupted in record levels that are going to have a huge impact. So well, when I talked about those complex systems before, here's how they work. Yeah. You mentioned jellyfish. There's a great story about this, right? In the Adriatic Sea, they had sardine fisheries for thousands of years. Thousands of years. And finally, they just overdid it. Just, you know, mechanized trawlers, GPS, you start six inches from where you left off last Tuesday, you know, nothing, they scraped the ocean clean. And once the ecosystem said, oh, there aren't enough fish and the jellyfish could get in a toehold and then they took over, they now have a jellyfish ecosystem and nobody has a yeah. clue how to undo that. Well, that, that, it's like a, the, the marble went out of the fish bowl and went over into the jellyfish yeah. bowl, and that's where and this it is, is going to have a huge effect on our food industry, and people don't even realize this. You, do, you, do you know about the mussels in Lake Michigan in Chicago? Mm-mm. There's it's an invasive species. The zebra mussels, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had those in the lake that I went yeah, to. Yeah, they start spreading like crazy. Invasive species. So, so listen though, if all these bugs are gone, and we have these acidification and dead zones, and now they're saying that because we've locked everything down for a year that CO2 levels have, you know, dropped and emissions are going down and stuff like that. Won't that help solve a lot of this problem? Won't that help insects come back and, and, and mm-hmm. ocean life come back? Up to a point, uh, the work I do in the world is about this. We need a new narrative. So we live by stories. And we had this story that was running for thousands of years. Stop me if you heard it. Be fruitful and multiply. Right? At a time when that story came out and they're like, this is a kick-ass story. You know, we need to use this. It's because, you know, there were basically a few million people on the planet we're at a different part of this story. And I think that's what the Great Reset people are, are wrestling with. I think they're doing it inelegantly. I think they're doing it, you know, a little bit duplicitously. But we need a new story that says, how do we live within our means? How do we live within our ecological budget? Because what used to be, you could just sort of overshoot that and who cares and it always bounces back. But now it's not bouncing back. And that's what people are feeling. I think yeah. because we evolved on this planet through billions of years that we can feel that on some level. And I think that explains why people are so anxious right now because we're – we're kind of destroying the place yeah. we live on. I but I don't think ideas. I don't think we need to be put in check. I think they need to be put in check because when you look at the ones most responsible for pollution, when you look at the ones most responsible for pesticides, they are the ones who are responsible. Yeah, but, but so that's but, why I don't but, trust but their solution. On. You were just mentioned what like seventy three percent of Americans are fat. Uh, either obese or overweight, according to a new report so that look, just look, came look. out. 
I'll, I'll, I'll look. Yes, we could all be better. Of course, I agree with no, you. No, no, but, but yeah. listen, it's the, I think the problem is twofold. You've got massive corporations that are pumping out carbon emissions. And, 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 and I see this from the left. They say, stop demonizing the people. It's the corporations that are responsible for the majority of Predominantly, the pollution. Predominantly, yes. Yeah, but it's the people who are buying and demanding that the corporations continue. Not just continue. them. Uh, when, when we're talking about Monsanto, these are people that leveraged government at almost every element to get an unfair advantage to do whatever the hell they wanted to. Yeah. And it's not a free market competition. No one said, hey, I really want to support uh, GMO seeds now. I really want, you know, Frankenstein to go into the laboratory and build some gene splicing between pigs and tomatoes. No one, Wait, what? No one voted for that with incentives. <laughs> Is that real? Um, I, there's a lot of gene splicing, pigs a lot of craziness going. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to look up the direct references. But there is crazy gene splicing experiments that remember, are being done. Remember when Homer Simpson spliced tobacco and tomatoes together? Yes, and then, I remember and that then, episode. And then for some reason, the, to- the tobacco inside the, the no. tomato was already dehydrated. Like, I, I was like, what is up with that? <laughs> well, you, you know, cook it? There's, there's things that, of course, people never voted for. And there's many ways you could vote. You could vote with your dollar. You could vote with your attention. By watching this podcast, you are voting with your attention. And it's a huge way to incentivize what you want. And I think I agree on that element that we as human beings need to realize every decision we make does have an impact. We do ultimately matter. We are the change that we want to see in this world. And if we're not doing good, we're not prepared, we're not responsible for ourselves, no one else will be. I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it simply, man. Look, I am so on board to save this planet. We're talking about ocean acidification, climate change, the birds falling from the sky, the bugs are gone. I'm getting scared, right? And then I'm like, all right, Obama, tell me what to do. And he's like, well, I just bought a boat in a big $30 million mansion on the beach. And I'm like, okay, you're clearly not taking this seriously, dude. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Uh, right, you remember after an inconvenient truth comes out, right? You know, and, and scares a lot of people and you get to the end of it and it's kind of like, well, maybe you should, I don't know, maybe you should like put some compact fluorescent light bulbs in. You're going, what the, well, how does this connect? But so I actually go to the website. I'm like, okay, what, what is he up to, Mr. Gore? And mm-hmm. then you find out he has six homes with a collective 60,000 <laughs> yeah. square feet of, of, you know, Private not jets. him, yeah. not him. It's not about him and all that. But, you know, the reason I'm really excited to be here is because I think there's the problem definition is great. This is where the new story comes in. And there's all these young people in particular. Every revolution starts with young people, right? I feel like the Great Reset is really just a lot of older people, yeah. you know, saying, uh, here's how we have to hold on to this, you know, keep it all stitched together. But there's young people farming in ways that are regenerative. I've seen people at scale, like yeah. building soil in ways where everything comes back in natural abundance. So it's not that mm-hmm. we're, we can't do this. People are like, oh, how, if without Monsanto, how would we feed the world? The truth is we can. There's models out there, but we're not doing it. I- I think and we should. Be. I think we we got a great glimpse of this when uh, the leftists took over uh, the, the the autonomous zone and they had their LARP farm where they were throwing down cardboard and trying <laughs> how'd, to how'd that work out? It, it didn't. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. But, but one work. thing that you were advocating for was for individuals to learn how to farm how to be sustainable to themselves there's many benefits to this and it's something that i've been telling people to do as well and i think it's key and i think it's crucial and i think we're reaching a point where it might be even essential mm-hmm. so. oh the great reskilling i think that's what's that's that's the great movement that's coming well, let, yeah, let, great let reskilling. You, graphene Look, is going to change everything are you familiar with it graphene yeah, yeah. That, that could they figured out last year how to print graphene from carbon dioxide by Whoa. depositing it onto copper and palladium with, we, with hydrogen turned into oxygen so it's going to come to a point where we're harvesting too much carbon dioxide and we're competing with the trees I, and we're I, gonna have to build an industry for the 21st century that works in tandem with the trees so that we don't use too much of it i just bought these 
uh, graphene composite batteries. Mm-hmm. They have two and a half full cell phone charges, like external batteries. They charge in 15 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, the 21st cent, it's the That's new crazy. steel. It's going to change everything. I mean, it already has. Um, we can also use iron fertilization to reintroduce iron oxide into the ocean to grow the plankton so that it'll, it, it has some carbon dioxide sequ- uh, sequestering abil- no. capability, but it's more for no, creating no. plankton for the fish. To regrow the fish population and the and it might have might solve the jellyfish. That, issue. That, that, that's all. That's all very promising, Ian. But where does intersectionality and diversity come <laughs> into these programs? Like, they get to go to the, space. Are the people who are developing these iron oxide things? Do they have a board that is equally male and female with some non-binary and mm-hmm. non-white individuals? Yeah. Because the Great Reset incorporates this intersectionality stuff too. Mm-hmm. For some people reason. from all over. What is that? What is that? That's, 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 that's the other thing. Look, I can criticize like Greta Thunberg for saying like, how dare you? And then getting on this, you know, like, really multi-million dollar trip on the ocean that like no one could do in like their, in, in their lifetime. And she says all these things and I, and I can criticize that. But also I'm just curious, what does intersectionality and like wokeness have to do with, 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 with fixing the planet? I so think it's, I, I, it's the, a useful the, tool to push their agenda. It's a useful tool to subjugate people to see each other as different, to divide and conquer them, so they could easily conquer us and and, and have us fighting each other, rather than realizing the actual crap that we're in. It's like they're bored. Like when yeah. you're focused on something, you're not thinking about if you're a man. You don't. That doesn't enter what you're working on. You're doing something. That's that thing. You, you know well, what I am is not there when I'm did, working on that. Did you see the viral so we tweet? we got to give people something to work on. Do you see the viral tweet that asks, like, it asks all cis people to think, uh, ask themselves these questions because they'll realize they're actually trans? No, no joke. <laughs> no. And, like, I think James Lindsay, who's, like, one of the foremost experts on wokeness, wrote about it, like, a, like a, they were proposing, like, a fake study where, you know, everyone is trans. But there's, like, this is what we're actually seeing. Trans activists saying every child should be put on puberty blockers. We're seeing trans activists say that, uh, you know, everyone is trans and things like that. And uh, I mean, you know, if, if you are, you know, do your thing. That's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering how the, the intersectionality, wokeness, non-binary stuff that's incorporated into all this is it like how why am I how am I supposed to believe that these people are serious about saving the planet when they're talking about stuff that's totally irrelevant to it and flying around in private jets? That's my problem. I want to believe. I want to believe. They're yeah. the, I want to yeah. get we a low do. flow toilet. Yeah. I want to get a low flow shower head. And it's like trickling down. You can barely shower. Even, and you're like, well, I'm doing what I can for the planet. But then they're they're getting like, yeah. I tell you, these rich people, they've got those showers where they have like five jets all around uh-huh. them. And it's raining like the whole building. It's like a thousand square feet of just raining on them. And they're like, like you know, apoptosis, water. that function of nature that where cells will just kill themselves if they're no longer needed. <laughs> That's real. That's scary. That's not well, I well, think you, that, you, that's how mentality works. Let me, let me, Congrats for bringing me, apoptosis in. I like that. Let me just say one thing. If you live in the middle of nowhere and you're on a well, I don't think there's a big deal with taking a long shower, right? Because it's like it's just well water. It's not going to go back into the earth or something, right? Yeah. It's like the cities that are straining and taking up too much fresh water. Is that the problem? Well, this whole idea. So they've been pushing things down like there are issues. You, you mentioned this, Luke, right? So it's like if you could just be a little bit better and buy a smaller car, or maybe have a smaller life or just, you know, shower for, you know, on a low flow for just a couple of minutes, all that. That isn't going to do squat. When, when you really look at where we are, there's difference. So a problem has a solution. And we talk about a lot of things like they're problems, but other things are just predicaments. And a predicament only has an outcome. You got to manage that, right? So Japan has an aging population and is getting smaller. Mm. That's a predicament. There's no solution to that that you're going to solve by passing a new law. But what are they doing with their banking system? They're just printing more and more and more debt because they're like, our economy has to grow. 
Yeah. No, the economy should shrink. It should shrink just like their people are shrinking. That's it, The economy should be in service of the people, but they have it all backwards. So in this story, you're mentioning all these things like intersectionality and things like that. They don't even relate to the predicaments we've been just talking about. Like to me, the most important thing is we should have a national and if not a global plan that says, what are we going to do when, not if, but when all these fossil fuels yep. really begin to wind down? How are we going to feed everybody? What does the future look like? What do our cities look like? Where are people going to live? What are they going to do? These are but big questions. Is, is, I mean, people are being forced out of cities because of all the chaos. I, one of the things I was saying is that I think one of the on the bright side is that a lot of people are going to start to understand the value of hard work. You got sure. no choice, but you, you can't. You, if you have no job and you need to eat, you got to figure out how you're going to eat. You move out of the big city, go to the middle of nowhere, build your own little shack, and then farm. Now, what, what you mentioned with Japan is that also actually happening in China because of their one-child policy. They have an inequity between men and women, and they're also trying to figure out a way to, of course, keep their economic growth by keeping their population large. And they're having a hard time because they don't want to open their borders. Europe, on the other hand, their populations are declining very rapidly, and some. European economic uh, economic uh, anal analysts are saying that we need to open the borders. We need to let the third world in to help give more people so we have more economic growth in our country. That's literally what they were arguing. And I think we also have to see exactly what's happening as the populations of, of Japan decline and the, the populations of the Western world decline as well. I think those are also things that uh, are very eye-opening. Now, I'm, I'm in this totally wackadoodle camp of people who believe that you can't grow forever on a finite planet. So this whole idea of economic growth that's marketed to us on all the time, we need growth, we need growth. It's always positively phrased. We're going to have more jobs. We're going to have more growth. We're going to sell more houses. We're going to more, more, more. Any, you can work it out. It's not hard math. It's like eventually that stops. Right. So the question is not does it. The question is how is it going to and are we going to do it in a controlled way or in an uncontrolled way? I think the Great Reset is kind of like a first sort of clumsy stab at let's see if we can do this in a controlled way because the uncontrolled way is a hard date with a brick wall. That's that's kind of I I don't want to I would rather not do that myself. But the question is what do you do about that? And the first thing you have to do is people need to be told the truth about this. And the simple truth is you can't grow forever on a finite planet. There's a limit and we've hit it. There's only we're already at the Here's the thing. Right well, now Well, hold on, hold on. Virtual reality. That's actually you know what? That could be pretty cool. Yeah. Or like we harvest well, so, body so, heat. Well, uh, no, 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 no. Sort of. Matrix. Well, no, but matrix. Well, well, here's, here's what I'm saying. Greta Thunberg said the idea of infinite economic growth is insanity. And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of play a video game where you, you spend money for digital nothing. Mm -hmm. And that makes the economy move. So you can have virtual economic growth. If people start getting really heavy into virtual reality and virtual spaces, you can own things that don't exist in the real world. You can buy – there, there are video games where there's property that's worth a ton of money, where there's spaceships worth a ton of money, armor sets, weapons. The virtual world, I think, will allow for us to have economic growth you can that have, doesn't have a negative Your impact. computer can be mining crypto in the background. Like right now, you can set your computer to be well, mining but, Monero, so you could do that with your body too. But that's, but that's, that's still physical world stuff. I mean like – what if, if I want to buy something from you, you produce it, now we've t extracted a resource from the planet. What if we're in a virtual world and you gain the sword of a thousand suns or whatever, and I'm like, ooh, I really want that. So I buy it with currency and no impact on the real well, world Well, where happens. would your body, would your body be like in stasis? No, you'd be in your house and you'd sit then, down then and turn on an PlayStation VR. Then there's a, you, then you got to eat, you got to sleep, you got to drink water. I'm not there's saying a, we, we go, like, we stop being alive. I'm saying that instead of growing our economy in terms of building a new building, we build a virtual building. We have meetings in VR where we go into certain spaces. It would diminish and, the, the, 
the weight of the real world, but you'd still need to eat. Tim Pool would still need food and right. resources. So, so, but, 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 so, you could, but he wouldn't need a whole six houses on the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. You right? wouldn't need as many things because you'd be yeah. satisfied with your digital things. Yes. You, you, so we can start building new worlds. And the, the other thing, too, is it's not just one world. You could have a spaceship in one virtual space. You could have a home in one virtual space. And we could do a ton of things. And but, but we're I'm, about to colonize Mars. Like we're really about to. Well, spread so out so anyway. an interesting an interesting idea too. You're mentioning like you know find, uh, infinite growth is impossible. Uh, it's it's like we're yeast. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it consumes the sugars and farts itself to death until there's nothing left, and then we eat the bread. Uh, there was a there was a video I watched explaining the problem of you know constant reproduction, and they said imagine there's a jar with a bacteria in it. Every you know minute the bacteria splits. So a minute goes by, now there's two. Another minute goes by, now there's four. Then, you know, eight, et cetera, et cetera. Once they get to the point where they fill half the jar, they say, whoa, we got a problem. If we don't find a new jar in one minute, we'll run out of space. So they find a new jar and they say, we're going to colonize this new jar. A minute goes by. Now the full, now, now the full bottle is full and say, don't worry. The next time we split, we'll go to the next bottle. They split again. Now both bottles are full and they say, great. Now we need two bottles. Now we need eight bottles, 16, et cetera, et cetera. So colonizing Mars isn't a long-term solution. It's, uh, it's it's mitigates a lot of the problems, but I do think, you know, when I hear stuff like you can't have infinite economic growth, I think digital spaces and virtual worlds are going to be a big s- solution to this, because if you look at games like World of Warcraft, it used to be that you could have a job where you played the game mining you know digital gold and then selling it to people for real currency. So you have jobs that just didn't really produce much of anything. It was a virtual thing that anyone could, like people who work for Blizzard, the, the game company could have just typed some buttons and boop, and the currency appears. Kind of like what they're doing now, right? The point is, we can have it so that people are excited about the things they own, not in the real world. Things that don't have any physical weight to them, that don't have an impact. And how many people do you think would, would be satisfied with that world? Uh, I think all of them. So it's it's really just an issue of culture, acceptance, uh, dopamine triggers, and things like that. I'm sure the Great Reset people know this, but like you mentioned, there are a lot of really old people that they, 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 they kind of don't get it. They're very clumsy about it. When they say that in 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, I'm like, well, yeah, ignorance is bliss. If you take away the idea of freedom from people, they won't miss it because they'll never have known it existed. I think that's horrifying. But if people get enjoyment out of playing video games where they can have rank skill be a warrior with with special weapons that are unique to them that they earned they'll be happy by it that could be a possible dystopian future Mike. and also why, well, why, why but, but but also why big companies like facebook and google have been investing an exorbitant amount of money specifically in the vr space i think that's also interesting but you lay out a possibility that could go either way but you're not that far off as a possibility to what could actually be happening here because I could see it. We already have individuals that are glued to their video games to a point where where they are well, literally is, wearing diapers. Why is that dystopian? Why, no, well, no, no, no. The diaper thing, okay. It's over the top. Well, it depends who controls it. If Google and Facebook control it, which they're getting market share of the development of the of the implementation when they're getting first to market, then I think there's there's reasons to concern when someone like Facebook controls it all. Uh, but if it's done independently, decentralized in a way that is, uh, you know, done in a fair, competitive way, then I think it, it is possible. But when you look at the the space and how it's controlled right now. I think it's more headed towards what the dystopian if, one. Yeah, this what, is what Microsoft if, uh, patent W zero two zero two zero zero six zero six zero six cryptocurrency system using body activity data. 
where Microsoft wants to put something inside of you and track your body's what you're looking at, and it'll see if you're looking at a commercial, it'll register that that's the commercial you're watching, and it'll pay you crypto just for experiencing it. So, so, so you could do that right, in VR. That, that, that's that, Microsoft. That's freaky, but let, let me ask. Yep. What if, in the future, you people live humble lives, they have small houses where they, you know, they work, they sustain, they're self-sustaining, and then they have you know, this virtual reality system where they can go into all these crazy worlds? I love it. All right. Is it dystopian? No, I do it every day. I was on the computer for 12 hours today. I, I, I stay on the computer. I'm in the virtual realm as, as much as I can be. Sometimes I wish I could have five days in one day now, so what, I could now, experience hold on, huh? more virtual Wait, data. Are you going to take Neuralink? Yeah. You would take Neuralink. Yeah, but I'm not going to be first in line. So so I also imagine Second? what if... What no, if, I'll what wait if, until like 12 years. What if I'll wait Neur until listen, it's What if Neuralink vetted. created the ability for you to actually plug into an entirely different world? Just totally fictional. I'll make sure that world's safe. To, no, 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 but it's like it's, it's, it's your world. It's a game world where you're not in the real world anymore. And it's a video game, and you can have your, your you can be satisfied by the open world. You know what I mean? You can go to you can, go to, you can, you can be, be in Star software. Trek, you can travel through space, but you're in internal universes. You know something I've seen a lot because um, I have a lot of people coming to work on my little farm, and certain people of the, of the younger guys, they don't know how to use their hands anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure every generation says this, kids these days, right? But no, there's something really missing from the screen generation in its problem solving, spatial abilities, all this. So. I hear what you're saying, Tim. There's this chance that, you know, we could satisfy the endless human wanting with this in virtual, in a virtual way, which does attack some of the resource issuing. But where I'm going with this is I think it's time to, to admit that, you know, we need to be in relationship again with each other in yes. a, an important way and with ourselves and with our tactical abilities, because there's a, there's a way we learn that requires us to actually manipulate and use things. So I think a lot of people think they're just going to, you know, I have the worst conversation I have is people like, well, Chris, if things ever get that bad, I'll just go out and hunt. I'm like, you should come with me sometime because you won't here's, survive. Here's what I, here's what I imagine. <laughs> I imagine harder when, than you think. Here's what yeah. I imagine you say that you have like this young guy in your farm and he's like, he, you know, after a few minutes, he goes, my hands, why do they hurt? And you go, <laughs> because you've never used them. My, my friend said <laughs> hanging from tree branches improves your, I think he said it was improves your balance. He'll like spend a, a time every day hanging from a tree branch. It's a monkey, a monkey thing. Yeah, apparently it's really good for the human body. Well, Luke yeah. just got his weird, you know, whatever power cage, power lifting cage. power cage. We're still go. waiting for the weights and uh, one and weight came, just one. Yeah, just one. <laughs> I can't really do, do much with that. But yeah. I did but some pull-ups pull today. Did some running today. You know, it feels good. I, yeah. I love it. We people need to work out more and be incentivized to work out more and take care of themselves because sadly, a lot of people are in a really bad place where. They're incentivizing some of the worst behaviors because the corporations are just giving giving it to them on a silver platter. I think yeah. the, the laziness is incentivized. It's why I like augmented reality as opposed to virtual reality, um, because you can actually go outside and be in the dirt and be farming and see like bonus points every time you like weed a garden, you get like credits. That that's a good. I like that. But one. you do what you've yeah. got uh, microbiome yeah. by by actually farming and doing that. You do get you do and you just save the world medical benefits by wait, doing wait. that. Let's take Pokemon Go and make it so that in order to catch the Pokemon, you got to plant a tree. Yes. Yeah. That yeah, sort of like idea. Pokemon Go meets SimCity meets Farm. Farmville. You're like, you're, you're, well, imagine yeah. this. No, no, no actually, I, I'm, I'm kidding, but imagine <laughs> in if, real life. So, so we have, you know, Pokemon Go where they've actually used like Google Maps data to create gyms and stuff. What if they actually mapped out areas that were in need of cleaning 
you know, there's garbage. Mm-hmm. And then part of the game was like you earned points. You could and, pay crypto, yeah. literally a utility. But token. it's not even it's not about paying someone so that they can have money. It's about incentivizing the game. Yeah, it could be game. Why, tokens. What, what does someone earn by catching a Pikachu in Pokemon Go? Exactly. They yeah. get to, they, they get to accomplish something that makes them feel. And good. you could interact with your friends that are also playing the game. Like if you see them weeding the garden and you help them, you know, do it together, you could get bonus points working together. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, yeah Reddit karma. What's it worth? Right. Nothing. But people want it. Oh, mm-hmm. they want it bad want points. All right, we got to read Super Chats, everybody. Let's do Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to the show, and uh, share it. If, if you really do like it, sharing is the most important thing you can do. Because it's the only real way we're going to grow is if people like it and they, they recommend it to their friends. And if you're on uh, listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review because that also seriously bumps us up and then more people see it. So it's uh, greatly appreciated. But now we're going to read what you guys have to say. And uh, we'll start. Let's see. Friendly Neighborhood Sawyer. Says, hey, Tim, consider doing a segment with former co-workers and other witnesses to recount their version of the UFO sighting you mentioned in a uh, recent, uh, recently, uh, in a segment. But that was, I mean, that was 2006. It's uh, been a long time since then, so I don't know who those people are. Dunk, uh, it was a UFO story. Duncan Massive says, thoughts on Lauren Southern's new film? I haven't seen it. Have you guys seen it? Nope. Uh, what's mm-hmm. it called? Crossfire? I haven't nope. seen it. Nope. Verse, he says, bring Adam on for the end of the year. You start with him, finish with him. Uh, we'll see how things go. Hell yeah. New Year's Eve tomorrow, man. We're, we're going to figure out what we're doing. Luke Luke wants to do like a crazy... I said, let's go to the shooting range where we could use the flamethrower and have a crazy bash. And then nice. bring it back to the old days where we do the live stream. We do the show through but the cell phone. And a place where you can use a flamethrower, you're not going to get cell signal. Maybe. We'll see. We can, we can go early in the day and see what happens. We're going to do some research tomorrow, yeah. and uh, I think that'll be really cool. You know, interestingly... Have a freedom send-off to 2020. You can get, uh, you, hey, you can get a satellite for your RV that gets streamable internet. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, you're not going to get it by tomorrow, but you know. Maybe. We'll see. All right, let's see. Astronaut Kitty says, Tim, does your beanie get stinky? Yes, but uh, <laughs> I actually have a ton of them, and they get washed. But I have, I have a whole bunch. People don't realize this. You, got, like, you got three from uh, for Christmas. Luke got me a cupcake beanie. Cupcake beanie and a light-up beanie with LED lights inside you of it. You got one? And a, a pic- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that, that was my Christmas gift for, for We Tim. have a shirt coming soon that says, I am a gorilla. I'm excited for that. Oh, yes. It's just because people keep I want to get one of those harumph emoji. shirts. Harumph, yeah. Yeah, I want to wear it on the show. Harumph. Yeah, it's like yeah. Tim going, harumph with the All right, let's monocle. see. Selty says, CIA is proving the definition of insanity. Masks and lockdowns didn't work. Newsom says, more lockdowns. Yeah, well, you know, things are going to get crazier and crazier. What this one says, uh, Roadrunner76B says, I bet Kevin James's channel has better audio than, than us. Yeah, probably. He's rich and has got great production. It'd be cool to have a tech guru come in here and just do a once-over on the we show. Did. Like mm-hmm. a lighting thing, especially. We did. It's just that the, the, the issue is some people talk like this, you know, so um, thanks for having me. And you're like, we got to crank their volume up and then... Some people talk like this, and you're like, "Whoa, we got to turn the volume down," and you just got to change the volume and stuff. So then, then it gets out of sync, and we're constantly trying to fix it. And sometimes people will talk really quiet, but then later in the show, start ramping up yes. and then getting louder and louder and louder. And then you can see it in like the audio, like the, the file when we're at, when we're editing. It's like you can see the audio slowly getting bigger, and then it was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's funny." It's like, "All right, that, that's where the yelling is." JG Miz says, "Saw Chris. I was like, I need to watch this live." Was researching COVID in November, uh, got uh, got serious on January 13th. I basically scared myself, so dropped to the mental in April. I found CM. I have watched him every day. I love both yeah. you guys. Cool. Okay, nice. Thanks. Ben Walker says, spamming the chat because I think this is important. 
Medcram, Dr. Seholt, vitamin D. I'm not a rich man, but I think that's important. Vitamin D toxicity is incredibly rare. Obese people need more vitamin D. Melanin makes vitamin D from sun harder to absorb. Mm -hmm. Is that true? True. Wow, interesting. I've heard that different people from different cultures need more and less amounts of vitamin D. Like someone from Africa, where they're, they're used to getting a lot of sunlight, there's, their body tends to be, uh, they require more, is that what it is, more vitamin D? Because well, they need more sun because they, they make less vitamin D per unit of skin, per sunlight. And, so, uh, yeah. and blacks have been affected by COVID a lot more than other demographics out there, which is also important to point out. Yep. J-Max says, the crazy thing about COVID is just how varied it is with its symptoms, and people will use the exceptions and extremes when it's beneficial to the narrative they want to push. My wife had it and suffered mild symptoms. Me and the kids were 100% fine. And then you have, you know, some people who get like, you know, blisters or whatever, or now the New York Times is saying some people get psychotic. Or blue toes. Or whatever. We heard blue yeah, toes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we look at the media, we see a wide range of symptoms, a wide range of just information, and, and it's hard to know what's, what's true sometimes, but we literally went from blue toes to psychosis. Yep. <laughs> like, that's a lot. Yeah, it does attack a lot of things. Yeah, it does. Dakota Johnson says, respect and appreciate everyone's perspective. Quote, we the people need the ability to have a congressional recall upon desire and better control over where and how our taxes are spent, both by the state and federally. I agree with that. Is there like a way to file a redress of grievances for <laughs> insane spending? I did a prototype for an app where we could repurpose our taxes collectively. It's on my, la- on my YouTube channel. It's the last video I did yesterday. Very cool. That would be cool if we could vote on, on uh, you know, tax appropriation. People could all vote. Where do you want it to go? If you, so if you want to go to transgender studies in Pakistan, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let the votes sort of count that and see what happens I with agree. it. But I wouldn't have portioned it up this way. I think everybody who voted for that 5,563-page bill should be summarily fired. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, you don't write a bill, you should be yeah. perjured or something. Well, well, hold on. Somebody slipped in that the Pentagon has to reveal everything they know about UFOs that's in 100 and, was 180 days. Yep. So they didn't read it. It's in there. Hey, We're that's good to go. okay. That's a bonus. But it, but here's the best part. It wasn't even in the bill. It was the, the the provision for revealing UFO stuff was attached to another bill that was attached to the to the omnibus. So like in the omnibus, it's like here's the the Intelligence Authorization Act, and then they said you can see what we're funding somewhere else. So even if you read it, you wouldn't. Oh, that's see. insidious. I know, but 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 yes, but. This time, it's going to get us UFOs. So, okay, that one's okay. You know what I mean? That's the one thing I'm actually okay with. Like, well, we did get that, right? Is, is it worth like the that. trillions of dollars being printed so we can finally... No. no, I'll tell you what's going to happen. In a couple months, they're going to come out and say, here's everything I know about UFOs. And it's going to be like, there are things in the sky. We don't know what they are. And they're going to be mm-hmm. like, we need to print another trillion dollars. Yes. What if? What if? That's we don't given. know nothing. You think how, if, many, how many trillions do you guys think they're going to print in 2021? Oh, man. 17? Or am I overshooting? It's a 30. big number. It's a Nine? big number. 30 trillion? If we if we look at the number the, the graph right now they did how how much trillion did they did, did they do this year it was like uh, that they, they created I think it was what four three or three or four trillion yeah they went four great. this year but but yeah. that was just base money and then the banking system amplified that above right right by right, doing right. what it does yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's actually substantially more than that, huh? Mm-hmm. And that's just the U.S. Federal Reserve. You, you can't look at anyone in isolation. You have to look at all of them. So I look at the Bank of England, the ECB, yeah. the People Bank of China. You put them all in one spot. Bank of Japan. It's a massive number this year. Yeah, it's just going to exponentially increase mm-hmm. until, you know, $10 gets you, uh, you know, just like a pint of milk instead of a gallon. And that's going to be 50 bucks a gallon. And you're going to be struggling to, you know, get what People you People will be like, I th- should I buy Bitcoin? That's what they'll be thinking when it's 50 bucks a gallon. Oh, we got one for you, Ian. Justin Bookman says, 
I love it. After many episodes trying to argue about the banks, Ian gets his moment, and Tim can't do anything about it. Loving the conversation. Chris is on the show, <laughs> too. Right. Thanks to Luke bringing Chris on the show. Loving the conversation while I wait to get loaded. By oh. the way, Luke recommended a pistol. You guys are awesome. And Ian, gorilla chest thump. I'm a gorilla. That's what I'm <laughs> talking about. I can't wait till we get these shirts. Says, I'm a gorilla. It's yeah. like a gorilla, like, I'm a gorilla. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got here. DBZ Dragon says, this reminds me of the premise of the movie Elysium. Yeah, all the yeah, rich oh, people yeah. went in a space station. Mm-hmm. You know what I loved about the movie? The people in the space space station spoke French, and the people on Earth spoke Spanish. Like, what is that supposed to be? Like, the the snooty elite speak Spanish, and the poor people speak... I'm sorry, the snooty elite speak French, and the poor people speak Spanish? Like, what's that all about? It's like France just, like, super rich or something? Their, their, their debt to GDP is nuts. Yeah, it's like 230%. <laughs> yeah, they're borrowing like crazy. Turkey Face says, thank you, Chris, for your early and continual COVID coverage. You've helped a lot of people with your info. Keep it the great work, and don't let big tech silence you. Thanks. I won't. Ethan Till they do. Johansson says, solution to climate change is having us farmers plant more plants and letting plants change the soil instead of plowing it. Keep CO2 in the ground, too. Feed our cows more grass, too. I like putting a roof over my cows' heads, too, though. You know, I went to a bunch of farms in California during the drought, and there was, like, one farm I went to, and the cows were doing their thing, but there was no, there was no gate. Like, it was just open. And so I was talking to the farmer, and I was like, there's no, like, enclosure and he was like, okay. And I was like, but like the cows will leave. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, so don't the cows leave? And he goes, yeah, sometimes. I was like, wait, wait, wait hold on. You have cows, your dairy cows. They just leave. And he goes, uh-huh. And then what? And they come back. And I was like, really? You're not worried? He's like, no, I got food. I was like, oh. But I was told all the time that like cows hate it. It's miserable. It's awful. And he was like, no, they like it here. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess they're really bad factory farms, though. If you drive down like, uh, I think like, uh, what was it, Route 88? Which In one California? No, through Texas, when you're like driving south, I'm you can see sure. a really bunch of really nasty mud pits and oh, like. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he's right about the cows. So I got cows this year. Decided Thanks. we're going to get cows. That's how you learn about cows. That's how you learn about anything. You get them. So we get these cows. Two of them went in the freezer, but we have these two belted Galloways. We had this big snowstorm, and I'm all proud because I just built a pole barn for them. I used my own sawmill, trees from the whole thing. It was like this cool. whole like you know, little house in the prairie, but with a modern sawmill. Right, so a great moment. So the first morning of that snowstorm, I stumped down to the to the barn because I'm like, I'm going to watch them enjoying this enclosure I built for them. And I get down there, and they're not in it. They're out in the middle of the field, just lying down <laughs> with 17 inches of snow over both of them. They look dead. So I stump out there, and they're both happy as can be, just lying there. So that yeah, was that was care. the cow choice. They they choose what they want to do, <laughs> right? Our survival civiliz- civilization should have Chris on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, I uh, just thought it was crazy <laughs> that like he, he the guy basically said the cows will leave sometimes, and I'm mm-hmm. like, and you don't care? He's like, no, nah, they come back. They do their own. Like um, they want they want to eat, you know. <laughs> so they'll go do their thing. They don't want to go, and they're happy. I was like, wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Because I hear, I hear a lot of uh, uh, a lot of horror stories, you know? Let's see. Dressiel says, Tim, I work at Walmart. Pay is a lot better. I make $18 an hour. Even the door hosts, produce and auto associates make base $15 an hour. It's gotten a lot better and would be good to point that out. Well, then, uh, you know, I, I, I can respect that. It, it's probably true. Uh, I take your word for it. I've, I've, I've certainly heard that people have said Walmart's tried to improve their image on that. And it's also true that you go to Walmart during like peak hours and they have like 20 registers, but only two are open. Probably because they're paying people better, but they got a lot of self checkouts now. So that's probably another reason why people are getting paid more, which probably means a lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah. Well, there you go. My Google thing just came on. They thought that someone was talking to it. That's so freaky. It happens to my phone all the time on the show. Oh, it's and, it starts, and, it starts, and then I see it recording everything I'm saying and the words are popping what up. 
I'm like, okay, that's not that's not okay. Mm-hmm. That's why you turn mm-hmm. that feature off. Yes, you can't turn it off. All right, Gross. see, Ethan Johansson says, first of all, you'd have to eat 50,000 bushels of corn in order for Roundup to hurt you. However, us farmers hate Monsanto, too. Cover crops uh, cover crops will help get away from them. Look up Gabe Brown and Ray Archuleta for more info on regenerative agriculture. Cool. Gabe Brown is one of the people I'm thinking of. He, he, at scale, this guy operates 3,000 acres. Thousand head of cows, cattle, or something, and and he's just he's building soil. He's doing a beautiful job. No inputs, no chemicals. It's amazing. Cover crops. It's just it's beautiful. Super. With no pesticide, herbicide, fungicide. Nope, he's not, not doing any of that. So, uh, Unlicks Ghost says, check your account. Six hundred dollars should be in there tonight. Also, Maricopa is having its rally. Be at Washington D.C. January fourth through the sixth. You know, we saw this story that Dallas apparently like grounded a bunch of flights because it was like a COVID breakout or something. I wonder if. There's going to be some unfortunate transportation errors and mishaps just before the six, because I feel like people are going to show up. You know, if if you've got people who aren't super political breaking in the doors of a supermarket because they want to shop, what do you think Trump supporters are going to be doing? Like, I'm seeing people posting they're going to fly across the country, they're going to drive across the country. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it plays out, I suppose. Emperor Guy Sarek says, Tim Foyle hat time. Trump could not be trusted to get on board with the Great Reset. So they did everything possible to make sure he is out of the way. These religious true believers will do anything to, quote, save the world. Perhaps, perhaps. Let's see. Okay, I read that one. Cindy Smith says, uh, Gavin Newsom companies, Plump Jack Co's, got more than $3 million of PPP funds. One winery got a million dollars with 14 employees. 12-8-20 ABC News story, then goes to fancy dinner parties. Yeah, CA is angry. And that's the problem, man. I want to believe that we're all fighting the good fight mm-hmm. in this together. They're not in it with us. There's this really funny comic where it's it's a four-panel four comic, and there's like a woman, and she's like, you know, I'm at my infinity pool in my private condo, social distancing. And then one guy's like, I'm on my yacht. And then there's a woman like sitting in her like filth in like her crummy apartment with a can of beans on the ground. She's like, they're just like me. <laughs> so, yeah, just like you. Brad's Organic and Clean Energy says, I'm an HVAC technician and organic farmer. Sustainable farming is one of the most vital building blocks of a peaceful future I can see. Hungry rats and squirrels losing it in New York City. I emailed you guys about collaboration. Dude, there's there's gangs of rats running through the streets of New York because there's no food anymore. They're becoming gra- aggressive and angry. Could you imagine, like, you get bit by a rat? Gotta go to the doctor, get that rabies shot, you know? Or a squirrel jumps on you and tries eating you, like, just desperate to just... Like, That's okay, you'll just be sent home with COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I got bit by a squirrel. So you're saying COVID. Uh, no, it's squirrel. The squirrel's actually still latched to my back. <laughs> yeah, COVID it is. All right, mm-hmm. go home and mm-hmm. then call Good animal luck. control. Yep. Joe, uh, Joe Rob says, could you use Neuralink with your pets? Hmm. Yeah, they use them on pigs. Yeah. They, they were testing them on but pigs. But so, so far, it's like Neuralink actually transports you to a virtual reality world, you know? Right, like, right it's now, read only it's, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting that right part would be very, you know, that's where things get crazy. Oh, my God. Jesus saves but doesn't trust banks, says, Tim, I don't know if you saw my Super Chat yesterday. I wanted to know your thoughts on objectivism. After replaying Bioshock, I want to know if you think it can be implemented and work in today's world as a solution. I don't know enough about objectivism other than objectivists think libertarians stole their ideas. What is objectivism? Like Ayn Rand. What is that? Uh, it, they believe that all of the wealthiest people should get on a private plane and fly to West Virginia to create their own. I'm kidding. 
I don't know. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know enough about it, and I don't want to, you know, get it wrong. But uh, general, I think it, it, it aligns similarly in some ways with anarcho-capitalism and libertarianism. But I do think there are distinctions. I, are you familiar, familiar with it at all? Not much, no. Because I, I talked to an objectivist who said libertarians stole our ideas, and I'm like, okay, like I don't, I don't know. What does that mean? Does it mean you're a libertarian? No! We were the originals. Like, okay, okay. Whatever. Oh, here, objectivism is philosophicism developed by Ayn Rand. Well, libertarian ideas are great. Libertarian candidates are horrible, We've seen and the they meme. make everything We've look seen bad. The meme. Yes. <laughs> if they could I, just... I understand that want to be associated with them. If they could just dress better, that would be a great start. Yeah. Didn't some dude like take his pants off? I was there in person off. as that was happening. I was filming there. Why and did just, he do like, it? Flabbergasted. I don't know. He just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's off. the libertarian convention, and they were like arguing, debating whether you can sell heroin to kids. Yes. <laughs> like conservatives other, were laughing uh, very about adult, it. Like, no. <laughs> and very other adult topics that we can't get into on this family friendly show. But it was. Uh, hey, and then the hey, pants hey. came off. Yes. Yeah. At least it was entertaining. But you, th- there was a literal gas was it like in an, the room. There was like. <gasps> was it like an oh, argument? No. Of like, you're not a real libertarian. You're not. Oh, yeah. And then he ripped his pants off. No, they were given some time to speak. The guy came on stage and he just started stripping. And uh, everyone was really, I mean, some people laughed, but a lot of people were disappointed. But he proved you were all fake libertarians. Because if you really believed in freedom, you couldn't stop him from getting naked. (laughs) So what's objectivism? Um, Ayn Rand described it as the concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life, with productive achievement as his noblest activity, and reason as his only absolute. No, oh, interesting. It's, it's, it's very cool. vague. It's kind of like a yeah, horoscope. I, I think yeah. the idea, like, uh, some people believe, well, I'll put it this way. I don't trust a centralized group of, you know, Davos group type people to know how to solve the problems of the world. I think a decentralized system would probably solve it much quicker and more efficiently. And that, that tends to be the case. It's, it's like a billion minds focusing on a problem are going to come up with a variety of solutions and a better solution than one mind trying to figure it out. Now, you can argue that one supercomputer can be equal to a thousand regular computers, but one person is just one brain compared to a billion brains. Now, I'm not sure that humans agree enough to get the problem done before we get great filtered out of existence, so it's a serious conundrum. The problem is, who do you trust to put the, to put the boot down and force people to take action? I don't trust these people because Gavin Newsom gets a bunch of money and then goes and parties. Barack Obama's buying beachfront property. I don't, I don't believe these people. I think they're lying to us. I think we all think they're lying to us. All right, let's see what we got here. Sam Meehan says, Tim, you should look up a film, 2047, Virtual Revolution. It explores a lot of what you've talked about today. Cool. Sounds like a Black Mirror episode, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, imagine if you had the ability, like, imagine that the Matrix was real, right? But you weren't a prisoner enslaved in the Matrix. You were free to leave. It's just the world was boring because nobody was really doing anything. And it was, like, not a whole lot to do. But in the virtual world, you have 50, 50 different realities where you've got various characters. You can go to the one world where you can fly and you know throw fireballs. In one world where you're the president, you'd have a lot of a lot of fun. You have know? you guys ever smoked salvia divinorum? <laughs> no. Because I will tell you, the Matrix is real. We are in it right now. I once worked for a venue where a dude smoked salvia and then just dropped to the floor and just started staring at the wall. That's what happens. They ran in and like they couldn't bring him back dude, out of it. I smoked no, no, it and I saw the grid. And it was twisting. And I, I felt like I was twisting, but I just saw this. I, I could see you the matrix. Did you DMT? What, one That's of my crazy. favorite videos ever is gardening on salvia. <laughs> I have not seen that. What happened? A guy, he comes out and he starts to explain. He's got a trowel. He's got a plant. He's got some fertilizer. He starts explaining. He says, but first I'm going to take a hit. 
smokes up some salvia, and he gets about halfway through a shovel full. <laughs> and then he starts crawling around. Then he just lays down for a while. And uh, that's how the whole video I goes. Gotta, I it's it's good. That's the, okay. uh, the, they call it the diviner's sage. That's what salvia, salvia means sage. Divinorum is the diviners. That's what the natives called it. Right on. The diviner's All right, let's sage. read a couple more of these here super chats. Again, if you haven't already, smash that like button. All right, let's see. What do you got here? Mafu says, Tim, can you make some react to Super Chat videos? I think you can make some more moolah. Love you, buddy, and I'll be looking for you Wednesday. Um, yeah, perhaps. We have the proprietary website coming soon, and we're going to have vlog content and members-only content. We're going to have bonus segments. So, you know, we, we typically try to keep the show. It's supposed to be 8 to 10, but we always go over like we're going over now. But, well, you know, I'll, I'll do my best. But then we want to do, like, you know, we're going to wrap up the show, and then we'll, we'll record for another 10 minutes the uncensored all the things that we can't say that we're going to say, it'll be on the, on, on the website, which is coming soon, which is going to be really, really great. And then, uh, of course, yeah, we'll, we'll have more interaction with those who have questions. And the, the idea is that we want to have like a commenting system, kind of like a discord, not, not, but not discord where you can, as a member, comment on videos and ask questions and we'll, we'll all be, you know, uh, engaging and, and, you know, I think that's a, that's the best path to creating something, something sustainable. It allows us to make sure that if there are things we think we need to talk about, names we need to say, and, and you know, stories that need to be you know, uh, brought up, we'll always have a place to do it. There, there hasn't really been anything, I think, that uh, there are a few stories we can't do because YouTube will take the video down, the stream, the live stream down. And it's almost like, well, what's the point just to like claim we tried? If it gets taken down, then we're not saying anything to anybody. That's why we need this website up soon. And that's what we're going to do. So it's going to be really great. And it's, uh, and, and we're going to do a bunch more stuff too. A lot of, a lot of stuff in the work. I will say too, uh, in, in reference to scanner as well, a lot of people were asking questions about like what, what's going on with scanner, you know, Rocco and Emily are doing their thing. And I just want to point out, I hope everybody realizes COVID like really dis like disrupted everything. I mean, we were, I was trying to buy, buy, buy a building, set up an office and hire people and do all this stuff in 2019. And then once we got into winter and we were trying to figure out, you know, how we were going to set up the new studio and a lot, it's a lot of stuff happened. We were moving. Once COVID came in, this is everything was just frozen and it made everything really, really difficult. So I'll, I'll just say that, you know, um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to be expanding, doing a lot of great work. So uh, definitely stick around. Thanks for hanging out. Let me just uh, read a couple more of these super chats. Silently in Atlanta says Lydia might like this guest, Mike Rowe. Ask Mike about the farm mm -hmm. episodes and the poo, uh, poo pot maker. Fun alien perspective is end of Battlestar Galactica. I love that show. Yes. Uh, Mike Rowe, I'd love to have you on the show. Mike's amazing. I, I interviewed him before. I might be able to find some kind of contact information. Hit him up. And right big now fan. he's on this big campaign that's called Safety Third. And he talks <laughs> about how we're, we as a society are failing because we have too much of an emphasis on being safe and being always 100% okay. And in reality, you have to let we're go not of that if you want to progress. Yeah. And, and what he's doing right now, his campaign is something truly something to look forward to and uh, to promote, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure I broke my left wrist uh, skating maybe like a week and a half ago. And then I was skating a few days ago and uh, I tried to do, I was just, I was just warming up. I was doing a switch flip. But this sometimes happens where my, my front foot landed on the, on the nose of the board and my back foot hit the ground, which caused the board to spring straight up like a hammer and whack my thumb so hard. It was throbbing. It was brutal mm. pain. Now there's like blood all over the nail. Look, you got to pay your dues, man. That's what we that's what we yeah. call it. You know, yeah. I'll be skating with with like Adam, and Adam will will like fall down and 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 you know bust his ass, and we laugh. 
Yeah. You want you got to pay your dues. I took the leaf blower and I and I got on the skateboard and I saw what it could do. You know, we have we have flamethrowers for a reason. We got to play <laughs> with them, all right? We got to figure out how far what things go boom. What I'm saying is, you want to skate, you're going to get hurt. When I see little kids on the half pipe and they're scared to drop in, I'm like, you're going to fall. And they go, "What?" I'm like, "You're going to fall. Accept it as a fact and then get on with it. The longer you stay up there scared and don't do anything, you're never going to do it." The first time I tried to drop in on a quarter pipe, I fell down. And I got hurt and I laughed and I ran back up and then I did it. You have to accept that you're going to get hurt. You're going to get scrapes. You're going to get bruises. And sometimes the accidents are really, really bad and not everybody makes it. Sometimes you're driving down the road trying to be all safe. Boom, hit by a car. Did you see? T- so- sometimes you're staying home because you're too scared to go anywhere. You slip in your bathroom. Boom, hit your head in the sink. Now you're dead. Yeah, Tom Segura. You know, Tom Segura, one of Rogan's best friends. He, he was playing basketball, man, and fell down and shattered his arm. His bone is completely broken wow. apart. His, his knee got shattered. Like, I'm nervous about snowboarding after that. I'm, I, I want to <laughs> just think for I the went, rest we, of my we, life. You stay in front no, of the no, no, computer. Listen, I got to be we, easy. We, we went outside when it snowed here, and I put on the snowboard and front flipped, not on purpose. Mm. And then I just started, I, it, it hurt. I had like scrapes all up my arm. And I was like, oh, I did a front flip today. I was like, oh, really? I, not on purpose, but you know, it was fun. I was, I was snowboarding down and I'm not a snowboarder. I can snowboard, but I just leaned forward and it was all deep, fresh powder. And I got caught and just front flipped. And it was awesome. And I, I, I landed, but then I fell backwards because I didn't really land. And then my wrist is already kind of broken because I fell on it. And I was like, ah, my wrist. Ah, it's funny. And I'm just going to keep getting injured. I've, I've messed my ankles up so bad. My legs are covered in scars. Pay your dues. Or I can think, walk. I'm you fine. You think there's just people that like roughhousing and yes. people that don't? Of course. Like some kids would always want to play basketball and they'd be throwing elbows into each other's faces and like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, God, it hurts so bad. I don't want to. I don't want to elbow someone, and I don't want to get elbowed. Skateboarding always hurts because falling is a part of skateboarding. You just keep doing it. You get better at it. You get really consistent. But, you, you know, you'll fall. You whack your shin, and then you go, oh, man, getting – like you'll do a tray flip, and the board will hit your shin. It just happens. Sometimes it happens. I mean, you get good enough. Eventually, it stops happening. But you're always trying to do better. So maybe you learn how to do a 360 flip. That's where the board spins 360 and flips, and you can land it every time. Well, now you're trying to do a 360 flip crook, and you still whack your shin because you're always trying something new. Anyway, with that being said. You got to push your edges, though. You have to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you ain't flying, you ain't trying. Exactly. So you got to give it a go. There's always risks. We're not immortals. Well, if, if, there's, if there's no danger, it's not actually an adventure. Yep. Yeah, it's just There has to be boring. real danger. If you don't make any mistakes, you won't have any stories to share. But yeah, what, I, what, I, was, what I could do as a kid was amazing. So so most of what I was doing as a kid was a felony now, right? right. <laughs> we were mixing things up and putting them in pipes and having fun, right? We did stuff like that, right? You can't do that. Nuh-uh. You can't do that no, anymore. No, but you, you know what? I, we, Unless you're making YouTube I'll tell, tutorials. I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you what else. <laughs> my, I, when I was like seven years old, I'd leave the house. My mom would be like, come back when the lights come on. And that was it. That was it. Yep. I'm gone. And I'd like go around and travel just like all throughout the neighborhood and like try and see like how far could I go before I got scared and then went back home. I was like a little kid. Now it's like if a little if a seven year old there, there was one story where a kid was playing in front of the house and someone called the cops. Yep. And the cops were like, "Why is this kid alone?" And the mom was like, "He's in front of the house." Or and they a were kid like, walked what? walked home from school, had CPS called on him. Yeah. And you know most kids don't walk past the five block radius in a big city. Ever. These kids are going to be emotionally and developmentally disabled. But safe. they already are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Safety first. Yeah. Right? Safety no. first. Safety third. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's re- I think it's a tragedy. I really do. I, I think yeah. that, how do you ever find your edges? I mean, particularly, you know, for me as a, we, my pack of boys that I ran with, we were pushing our edges all the time and everything was unsafe that we did. 
we just yeah. go to each My, other to do the, increasingly the, you unsafe know, sometimes things. Sometimes you just got to go to Venezuela or Somalia yeah. or, or Epstein's Island, whatever it may be. <laughs> isn't you that, isn't that, oh, I never crazy? went that far. <laughs> it's, it's the craziest thing because like, uh, you know, I was talking to my dad. He's a firefighter. And I said something to the effect of like, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's brave of firefighters. They, they rush into these buildings. They know, they, they know they could die. And he goes, no, they don't. If a firefighter thinks they're going to die, they won't go in the building. They don't do that. They think they're going to be safe because they know how to be safe. Mm -hmm. And when they get word that the building's coming down or the, or the fire's out of control, they think they're going to die. They'll leave. And I'm like, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. So when I, uh, Luke and I have both been to some of the craziest places in the world. And I always get asked this question. Like, you know, after coming back from some crazy place, like, wow, aren't you scared? Like, you could, you could die or whatever. I'm like, dude, if I thought I was going to die, I wouldn't go there. Mm -hmm. I'm going there because I know how to take care of myself. Bro, Thailand was the craziest. Why is that? Uh, mm -hmm. Because they were actively shooting at each other. I got to, I stood in one of these, these vehicles where they would parade around in this big truck. A bunch of people would stand in the back and they'd all wave and cheer. And there were vehicles. One of these, one of these trucks, someone pulled up with a motorcycle and threw a grenade right into it. Boom. Blood stains all over the bottom of it. And so I actually rode in that after that happened and the bloodstains are on the ground and I'm wearing like this crappy fake armor because it was the best you could get because it's kind of you can't like armor is considered a weapon yeah, of a war or whatever. Black jacket. Well, so what they were doing was they're taking sheets of x-ray film and stacking them and then putting them in sheets to use as plates because they considered armor to be uh, like a war material or mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. in Thailand. So here I am in this truck. There's blood stained at my feet. And it was a discount vehicle. That's why they bought it. They were like, because of the blood, nobody gets. Nobody. So they bought it. And we're driving through the seat. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. And they were just like, just keep in mind, if you see the motorcycles try and pull up, that's when you like jump out, get down, the shooting starts. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah we got I watched them pull down like and just topple sca scaffolding. And I'm like, dude, if I thought I was going to be put at risk by going there, I wouldn't go there. Yeah. What's mm -hmm. the point? Exactly. You, can't, you can't do your job. Yeah. There's a reason I hired 10 mercenaries to follow me around in Somalia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, otherwise, you don't go alone by yourself without guys with AK-47s. It's just, that's just the truth. I mean, know? but sometimes going in mm. stealth is, is, is safer, too. Not in Somalia if you're right. uh, my complexion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All you right, blend. everybody. Yes. <laughs> We've sufficiently explained risk to you, but uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging out. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. Check out my other channels, youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCastNews. We are live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, but smash that like button. Hit that notification bell. Share the show with your friends if you really like it, because that's really the only way the show grows. I don't buy Google ads. Maybe I could, you know, just like the podcasting appears or something. We'll, we'll look into it. But word of mouth really is the number one way to, to help support the channel. But uh, anyway, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Chris, you want to mention your channel or your social media? Sure. Got uh, peakprosperity.com is the main website. And I'm at Chris Martinson on Twitter. And you can check me out at uh, chrismartinson.com, spelled out like a word, .com on YouTube. Right on. Luke, I hear that you have stuff. Well, the shirt that I'm wearing right now that says all my favorite channels are demonetized or deleted. Also, yeah. you can get on teesprings.com forward slash stores forward slash we are change because my main YouTube channel is we are change and it is demonetized. Yeah, so you got booted. thank you for all you amazing human beings that are keeping me alive by purchasing T-shirts like the one I'm wearing today. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I got demonetized right away. Yep. All I want for Christmas <laughs> whole, whole is for you guys to remonetize these guys. <laughs> no, no, no. If the anything, they're going to demonetize us. <laughs> New Year's. That's why we're Remonetize. Let's make remonetize a really popular word. We're going the other direction. Okay, speaking it. of remonetize, my YouTube channel was also demonetized because it wasn't very active. I was part of the original partner program. Uh, but I'm almost at 10,000 subscribers, and I have been making videos. So come subscribe to my YouTube channel, Ian Crossland, along with Twitter, which is right a lot, on. and Minds. And, of course, mm -hmm. you can follow... 
at Sour Patch Lids. You can. You can follow me if you want to. I'm on Twitter. And Lids is pushing all the buttons. Yep. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. If you're watching, again, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, give us a good review because, you know, the way that works is, if you haven't already, actually go, go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, Timcast IRL and Spotify, because that's actually how the rankings work. It's like how many people come in and check the show and follow and subscribe. And it, and it, really, it really, really does help. So greatly appreciate everybody. We will see you all tomorrow live at 8 p.m. Adios for now.